Hello, and welcome to Maximal Fire. I'm Alex. And I'm Johnny. And tonight we are going to be talking Legio Vulpa. Uh, this has been an episode which I think Johnny has been banging on about since you took over. Yeah. Damn, it has been too long. A little bit excited? So excited. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, ready to to spread the good word of Vulpa. The good, yeah. you mean the good word of corn, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, but same thing really, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, not only that, um, we also have an interview tonight. Um, I sat down with Chris from Tabletop Standard uh, last night and uh, we started to talk about the Warbreaker. So um, if you do follow Tabletop Standards, um, there is, um, it obviously does some of the best uh, Titanicus bat reps out there. And he does a load of other content as well. Both myself and Chris helped Battlebling design their Warbreaker model. Um, and so we thought we would sit down for a little section of uh, of this podcast and uh, and basically discuss, I guess, the design process really, um, sort of some of the decisions that we made uh, and how we came up with some of the the, the rules. Um, if you do want to see a bit more in depth about the rules, um, then you can head on over to Tabletop Standards. Chris has put together a great video, basically walking through blow by blow all the stats that we've given to it all of the special rules, points, all of that kind of stuff. And then you can come and have a listen back to the section later on um, to kind of, well, I guess, hear how we came up with some of these things. Uh, it was really interesting. Um, well, I say really interesting. I was involved from the conversation from the start, so it wasn't really interesting because I knew what we were going to say, <laughs> what we were going to talk. I hope you find it interesting to sort of delve deep into our... Uh, are uh, the the deepest depths of our psyche. Collective madness. Yes, there's definitely yeah. a bit of that. <laughs> um, so before we get going tonight, just the usual podcasty, YouTubey nonsense, uh, just to kind of get us um, on the way. If um, you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, please, you know, give us a like. Please give us a. Um, uh, five-star review if that is available to you on your podcast um, platform that all helps continue to spread the channel as i say every single time i'm sure if this is this is probably not your first but many of you your first rodeo at maximal fire if you're jumping in at episode 20 then um yeah maybe then in that case yeah go but if you haven't give us a subscribe give us a follow um youtube channel is growing really really nicely um and of course there is our discord um last time i checked i think we were pushing 500 members on the discord which is pretty oh, wicked pretty incredible um mm. we've been going about a year on that now and obviously with this being quite a niche game um yeah really really good lots of activity going on that at the moment um yeah great great little community and it, it does kind of offer a bit more direct feedback than posting things on facebook or instagram like we've got a great community very supportive community if you want kind of helps with your tactics or if you want some painting advice or um just list building or even just to come on and talk anything to do with titanicus it is um, a great place to do that so uh, all of the links will be in the description of the show and um i guess let's swiftly move on um to our sponsor updates um from oh, yeah. 
the guys at Battle Bling and the guys at Grimdark Terrain. Both of them have been with us for a long old time. Um, Battle Bling has been with us since the start. Um, we've shortly brought in Bronco from Grimdark um, a couple of months after. Um, great partners. And they continue, both of them, I think, are really leading the way when it comes to Titanicus-related stuff, really. Third-party stuff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, the, some of the stuff recently has been... Ooh. Yeah. Tasty. Well, yeah. The, if you look very carefully, there's a, there's a big, subtle kind of giveaway, if you're watching a YouTube channel, over my shoulder, that you might be able to see one of the less subtle releases that... Uh, Battle Bling have released recently. I'll, I'll be shocked if anyone's missed it. Yeah. Who's uh, watching on video? Yeah. Um, it is a toddler sat on your desk and cast out of resin. And I mean, I think it weighs more than my son when he was born. <laughs> it's pretty close. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, let's let's talk the updates anyway. So we'll start with our friends at Battle Bling. Um. Obviously, the the huge news for them is that last Wednesday. Uh, they dropped the Warbreaker. Um, there was quite a lot of kind of discussion. I don't want to say uncertainty, but like they didn't really know how popular it was going to be. They are a you know a small 3D printing company, and this was a massive kit. Like it takes over 24 hours just to print all of the pieces for one of them on multiple machines, um, and it's over two two kilos of resin in weight. And there was a bit of a, a price tag associated to it. It sold for £295. Um, but all of the decisions uh, that Johnny made uh, with regards to the pricing, uh, with regards to how they were going to make it, was designed entirely to try and keep the costs as low as possible as they could feasibly create it for from a um, from a company perspective. You know, I mean, if you're printing things at home, it's the cost of two bottles of resin. But if you... Um, a company you've got to think about you know import taxes um you've got to think about paying your employees i guess yeah uh, and also your design costs on something like that is well, exactly alone yeah. yeah 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 so um you know the, the price was really i was i was surprised when he told us the price i thought it was going to be more expensive it's about the size of a, a warhound titan so you can kind of use that as your comparison um the 28 but... mil warhound titan not <laughs> yeah. The... yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's about not the, the Titanicus one. It, it, it's the same. I think it's the same height, if not slightly, slightly bigger. I want to say, I'm not sure. I, I don't have a Warhound Titan to hand to um, to mm. compare it against. But uh, uh, as the yeah the, the Forge World Warhound Titan, um, and yeah, it was on sale for 24 hours. Um, mostly, not not so that um, they weren't trying to create any FOMO for it, but they. Like I say, these things take a long time to print, and they didn't want to end up with a massive, massive long um, backlog. Essentially, while yeah. all of the machines were kind of turned to um, building this thing, really, the, to printing it all out. So um, it will be on sale again. Uh, I don't know when Johnny is kind of talking about putting that back on. It's probably going to be in the new year, I would think, um, when they can kind of get back up to capacity. Um, but yeah, it is uh, a, a, an incredible model. I'm in the process of building one. I was very lucky myself, Chris, a couple of other podcasts, um, and um, uh, I, I guess a few other companies. I think Tarot Model Maker also got one, uh, but we were lucky enough to kind of get um, our hands on one of these for free. Um, and yeah, I it's it's much it's much better than I 
expected. And I, my, my standards were pretty high anyway because I've seen Danny's stuff in the past and, mm. um, you know, I know that Johnny wouldn't sell something that he didn't personally sign off on as well. Um, but, you know, as, as with all of the kind of photos that you see, a lot of things, they look quite static. Um, it's not until you actually start putting it together that you kind of see the the possibilities but i mean it's a big titan let's be honest it's it, you're not going to be getting with the weight purely with the weight alone right you're not going to be getting super dynamic poses out of this thing because you've got there's probably i think there's about a key like at least the majority of a kilo just sat on its shoulders as the um as the cathedral um but it is every bit what you would want from a huge lumbering titan on the board so yeah. Um oh, yeah. if you do if you didn't manage to get your hands on one of those and you want one of those, don't worry, it will be out again um probably early next year. Um and have you checked out any of their heresy range that they've just dropped? I have indeed. And uh, I'm very tempted because yeah, close combat marines are surprisingly expensive to kit out normally. Um so yeah, some close combat arms. Um they've got some of the Imperial Fists. Power fists, and solar gauntlets. Is it? Which, uh, is it? Is it? You know what? Fists? For some reason, I had it in my head. It was dark angels because John collects dark angels, and he wanted stuff for it. But it may mm. well be. I'm going to show my complete lack of knowledge of. Uh, but they're basically supposed to be the so uh, the solar gauntlets, uh, but they're yeah. called sunblaze gauntlets. So they're completely different. Mm. Um, and and obviously he's they released they've released the clenched fist shoulder pads as well so some alternative um shoulder pads if you want clenched fists on them mm. um that, that very famous legion yeah clenched fist yeah yeah Le yeah <laughs> <laughs> um completely ip ip free <laughs> completely IP. i mean it, it's a fist right it's a fist yeah yeah it's just a gauntlet mm. you know uh, but yeah, then it is quite a small range at the moment, but they are expanding kind of quite frequently. Mm -hmm. um, they've got also on the shop at the moment, they've got um, some jump pack options. So if you want to combine that with the close combat weapons, you can turn your Mark VI Marines into some close, uh, some assault um, Marines. Um, I don't believe it's on the um, website yet, um, but I've seen them kind of tease it in a couple of their videos. I had a word with um, John um from battle bling not to be confused with johnny and um he uh, basically i said to him that the blood angels have got these things called um the oh what are they called now the equinox power blades which are kind of like a pair of blades a sunset and a sunrise blade i think they're called uh, and they've got different weapon profiles and you get them you, you can add them as upgrade options to things like uh, the Dawnbreakers, which are one of their kind of assault squads, like elite assault squads, um, but they they don't come with the option. So uh, I had a quiet word with John, and uh, I've seen, well, I'm, probably anybody who watches their videos has probably seen a teaser that they are going to be releasing a um, oh, yeah. you know a, a, a pack of Equinox blades. So that's really good news for Blood Angels players. Mm. Gives us an option which didn't previously exist uh, at Forge World, which is great. Um, to uh, give him a nudge to make some surgical surgical augments absolutely. for the uh, Empress children. John is very very easily manipulated. Yeah, I, I've realised that in <laughs> <laughs> um, these last few podcasts. And uh, the, the one thing that I kind of completely forgot about, and uh, that they even did, um, but I remembered when I went onto their website, 
was um it was probably about six months ago they created a 28 millimeter um rotary cannon um for the carapace on a 40k scale reaver so that mm. is effectively your vulcan megabolter because again um the, the, the 40k scale titans there's only i think apocalypse missile launchers as an option um if you buy the resin one from them so if you i know a lot of the titan owners clubs they um or the titan owners club they play at scaled up to 28 millimeter you know the you'll see them if you come to beachhead on those kind of big events you know they'll they'll do a titan walk um but previously there was no model for the um the vulcan mega bolter so they they sell they sell that and it's only 55 pounds as well which for a a reaver weapon is actually pretty pretty good value when compared Very against good. forge forge world and again it's another option that didn't exist um so yeah i mean it's all kind of i know it's been a bit kind of quiet on the battle bling side for a few probably about a month while they were ramping up for this uh warbreaker release but now it's dropped it's uh it seems to be all hands to the pumps again oh yeah um looking forward to more of the uh, heresy content <laughs> yeah which reminds us i really need to kind of dig out my heresy stuff again because like yeah. i started uh, all guns to the blazing to start with got a load of stuff painted um, in one hit, and then life happened, and then <laughs> the big pile of forty Mark Six Marines like became quite daunting to do anything with. Mm. And they kind of rotted there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 box is hidden in the uh, in the cabinet somewhere. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, out of sight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they're obviously looking to expand their range. Um, the um, Heresy is, is a great way for them to kind of do that. And also a lot of people like to you know add nameplates as well to the Heresy models. Battle Bling as well. Best value for money when it comes to nameplates. So if you do want to add a little bit of character to your special characters, then you should definitely check them out. Um, oh yeah. Should we talk Grimdark? I'll go for it. Um, ships, boats. It's it's pretty pretty good. I wasn't expecting it to when it when it came out. The the August and September pack came out quite quickly because I know um, mm. uh, Bronco has got a young family now and a lot of his time was being taken up with the uh, the birth of his daughter. Um, but August and September came out quite close to each other and um, yeah, we, we he's now giving us like harbor features, uh, customizable ships. I'm not really sure how big the ships are. Looking at the pieces, they seem to be quite long. Mm. So I'm hoping so, something, an, another big kit. Um, I'm gonna get. I don't know if it's the same size as this. Um, what's it called? The um, Samson. But looking at the pieces, it's got to be fairly long. Yeah, it's a pretty beefy kit. And um, and then October was like a lot um, uh, to kind of add on to the silos kit that he did back early on in the year so we've got some some bigger sort of promethean tanks and all this kind of stuff so you know month over month these sort of sets kind of expand um and you know if, if you wanted the, the good thing is because he kind of like releases them in themed packs if you don't want to buy every single month you can just go you know what i want i, I want the harbor set and you know you've got three months worth of stuff at the moment which will probably give you the the collection um for that you know or if you wanted mechanicum themed stuff there's a couple of packs which will give you uh what you need so um 
yeah, um, my 3D printer um, is nearly as neglected as yours at the moment. Oh no, don't don't let it get that far. I know. I kind of I ran out of uh, resin, which is always a bad mm. start. Um, but then Elegoo did um, a mad sale on eBay, which was like buy one liter of resin, get another liter of resin free. Um, so naturally, I bought. Um, I think I bought four liters, um, but they were obviously using it to get rid of old stock. Mm. So it turned up in a bunch of 500 mil bottles, because I guess nobody buys them in 500 mil, various colors. Mm-hmm. So, but I, yeah, I think you can mix it all together. It's the same stuff. It the color of it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, I've yeah. not I've not returned yet to 3D printing with the weather being so wet in the UK recently. It's not been ideal, um, but I've still Last got plans. Last episode, it was too hot. Now it's too yeah. wet. We're never happy true, in the UK, are we? True British experience, never being quite quite happy of the weather. No. <laughs> if, if it's not overcast and about 14 degrees, you won't mm. get me saying that the weather's good. You'll mm. never get me saying that the weather's good, but I won't be complaining about the weather if it's just dry mm. but overcast and not muggy. Um. But yeah, I still want to get. You're gonna to have to remind me. I need to get a campaign map printed out, one of the hex-based campaign maps um, that um, Bronco did. That's that's on my list of things to do. I want to I want to run us like a mini kind of local campaign um, at some oh, point yeah. with the guys in Bournemouth, um, mm. just to try and test out the waters. I guess on something for maybe a future event. Who knows? Possibly. Yeah. Um, anything more on Grimdark? I think you got it. I think that's it. That's for, it, isn't it? Uh, I say that's it, and that's a, a good amount of stuff there. Okay. But uh, yeah. Um, just the one Patreon shout out this month. We had loads um to call about. I think it was only it was quite recent for us actually recording a podcast. It was probably only three weeks ago, which for us is pretty rapid. Uh, so big thank you to David Brash. Um, I hope I've got your name right. Um. Yeah, if you do want to join the Patreon, uh, you do get to benefit from 10% off Battle Bling, uh, which is always good. Um, you get that from the £3 up tiers, so you can, um, if you're going to spend 30 quid on Battle Bling, you can give us a, a, you know, a little bit of a Patreon hit, and then you'll get that £3 effectively back uh, when you when you buy your purchase, and then from there on in, it's going to be 10% off. So, yeah. Um, and we have a separate separate channel within the um, the patrons section of the Discord, and we also occasionally do kind of like patrons specific um, giveaways and prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, we did one for our dice a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, whenever it was. Um, and a I've while got ago. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got some custom stratagem cards that I'm looking to do something with at some point as well. I might. I have another little bit of a, a giveaway for, with those custom stratagem cards that we had made up. Um, okay, so events. As always, like still super busy. Like there still seems to be every couple of weeks there's um, events coming out. Yeah. Which is good. It's always, it always feels really good, doesn't it? Because you always, you know, you worry sometimes, right? There's almost Not too many. I want to sell my tickets. No, but you know, it's good that people are getting options. What I am noticing, though, there seems to be a, a bit of a a swing towards tournaments now, mm. and less narrative. 
Um, certainly, mm-hmm. the events coming up are, are predominantly tournaments, uh, which is interesting because when we started doing our tournaments over a year ago, it was it was the other way. Like we were one of the few places doing tournaments. I don't know if it's because mm-hmm. we basically gave out our tournament pack and basically said, "Here, here, just if you want it, take it." Um, but yeah, definitely a swing towards tournaments. Um, there's um, quite a few coming up. There is two events happening on Sunday, the 25th of September. I believe there's tickets available for both, I believe. Uh, the first one is Twisted Titanicus in Bossard Hall, Leighton Buzzard. That's Sunday, the 25th of September. It's £25 and it's a 2,000-point tournament. Um, then you have the STTG Titanfall in Trinity House, South Shields. That's on the same day, Sunday, the 25th of September. That's £10. Um, that is also a tournament. That is 1850 you also have the added bonus of if you go to that event, you'll get to meet me. So, you know, like meet and greet and stuff. Like, all for the price of a £10 ticket. Amazing. You're gonna, oh, you're going to find out they've just had a load of the tickets returned. Yeah, oh, this goes <laughs> probably. <laughs> hey, I might set, might set up a little stall and kind of like, you know, like have yeah. autographs ready signed and ready to yeah, sign, of course. you know, shake people's hands and stuff. Yeah. Higher, higher security for the weekend, you know. Yeah, I, I've got that sorted already. Mm, I, I'm already okay. staying in one of the, uh, two of the guys' houses that I've invited myself mm. into. Um, rather than pay for a hotel, I've just demanded that they put me up like the the internet diva that I am, Johnny. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so okay. Um, so there's two. That's kind of different ends of the country. Where, where? I think it's different ends of the country. Isn't it? No, you can't get much more further north than um, South Shields. But um, then Curtain Games are putting on another tournament. These guys just keep like one after the other. Like it's really, really good. Like if you're in that local area of Crediton in, in um, Exeter, then these guys, I think they're putting them on at least quarterly. This must be their fifth or sixth, I think, tournament. And this one is is the uh, the Grand Cataclysm. Um, and this one is a two-day event. I think historically they've done one-day events on the 15th and 16th of October. That's 25 pounds it's also a tournament and it is also 1850 um so and again that that seems to be another thing that we're seeing is a kind of a bit of a swing towards 1850 last mm-hmm. couple of uh last couple of months i don't want to say it that says, you know we started it but you know I, it was 1750 then we did the internet divas coming out again alex just, just saying <laughs> no just saying it was you know reactor meltdown 3 was 1850 now it's everything's yeah. 1850 but you know anyway um it's the first on the list that's 1850 <laughs> hey there's two. Oh, is it oh, okay. yeah yeah yeah. they the, the northern right. guys are, are doing it at 1850 as well um and then goonhammer are doing their second open tournament uh not tournament sorry open event um, they had the last one back at the first half of the year. This one is now um, set up for the 29th and 30th of October, so Halloween weekend. Uh, that's at Nottingham Girls School. Uh, it's a £40 ticket over two days. It's a narrative event. Good to see the narrative events kind of coming out the woodwork. Um, and they have a varied points um, system based on the games. Um, they are doing them. It ranges from 1250 all the way up to 2000 points, um, which is a great idea. So yeah, if if you are kind of organising an event, do let us know. We've now got a event organiser role within the Discord, and we have a way that you can actually put like a perma fixed um, event on the Discord that everyone can see. 
um, which people use to link their packs, their tickets, all that kind of stuff, so it doesn't get lost in the ether of you know Facebook or or just a general chat thread. Um, so do hop onto the server, and if you are a tournament organizer, let myself or Johnny or anybody know really, and then we will um, give you the rights, and then you can post up the um, the event. Um, well, that's enough about other people's events. Now for the let's, most important bit. Let's that's focus <laughs> focus some time on on our events. So we don't have uh, another tournament booked in yet this year. Um, there was. I won't go into it too much. I had um, some uh, personal um, challenges over the last couple of months, and the way we were originally going to be have, having a tournament on um, uh, the, it was, I think it's the weekend before Goonhammers uh, at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton. Um, but the week that it kind of fell on was going to be difficult for me, um, and other things happened as well over the summer, which. Um, also kind of put paid to that so unfortunately we we aren't going to be holding one this another one this year like we thought we were but we have now put up tickets um for our second in our beachhead um events so this is beachhead 2023 this is on the 11th and 12th of february next year um you also as part of your ticket get to uh ha- enjoy the beachhead convention which is a massive convention on the south coast you get loads of traders so many tournaments um it was it was truly amazing doing the last mm-hmm. one and i think like the prizes that we got last year for our guys was was immense like i think first place we gave away a warlord you know and i think there was some cash in there as well like it was there was some great prizes um and we're hoping as well there was we had gw support last time we're hoping we will get some GW support or at least the event will get some GW support this time. Mm. So if you are motivated by prizes, that's another good one. But the biggest motivator that I think you all need is we are going to mix it up again because we don't like doing the same thing more than once, it seems. Um, And we're going to be holding our first team tournament. So these are teams of three and you basically play separately play your own individual games your scores are cumulative and at the end of the weekend there will be a winning team and there will be team trophies and team prizes um we just wanted to kind of add in that kind of extra kind of competitive edge um i know it's not a competitive game but it's nice to kind of like get a bit larry isn't it like at a tournament and sort of have a bit of friendly banter when it comes to these sort of things um and we had a lot of uh, people kind of uh, johnny um from um battle bling was was one of our biggest kind of people pushing it's like you need to do a team event i was like oh, i don't know how it's going to work and but he wants people to carry him that's it yeah well yeah that's that's exactly <laughs> that's it. it isn't it he wants a chance of winning um but the more i thought about it the more i thought it's a really good idea it kind of yeah. it's something a little bit different um you know it, it'll it'll still have the same kind of um feeling that our previous events have had um uh, with regards to you know we've had never had any problem with any of our events everybody who's come has always been great sports some great models i think we boast like i can say without ego that our tables are some of the best tables you'll see at a titanicus tournament and um the tickets for that are going up as a team ticket so this ticket will buy entry for three people 
for two days, including entry to the the Beachhead Convention. They are a hundred pound per team. So um, obviously, uh, it is more expensive than forty pounds for a ticket, or you know, ten pounds for a ticket for the other events. But you know, you are it works out at um, at just over thirty pounds a head, which is cheaper than our last Beachhead. Extremely so, good value for for two days worth of convention yeah, as I, well, I, I, um, I think which is so. awesome. I, I was a bit worried that obviously the immediate price act, um, tag is quite high, but like when you consider mm. actually it's cheaper than every other event that we've put together when you you look at you know it, it, mm. how much the previous ones were, it does work out good value. Um, so and if got... you're um, if you're having trouble finding teammates as well or anything like that, just jump on the Discord. Um, there'll be loads of people. We could probably even set up a channel. We have uh, closer to the time. Oh, have we already? We there have we already. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've got a for finding um, teammates. I've got a a looking for group uh, channel. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I just don't want people in there kind of spamming. You know, looking for DPS or yeah. I was going to say yeah. Need a Rock tank. Lich Kings just come out and wow <laughs> classics. That is just going to get real busy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we've had a couple of people as well. There's some people kind of looking for, even to traveling as far away as North America uh, to come over mm -hmm. for it, which would be amazing if we can find them a team. Uh, so mm -hmm. don't be put off if you don't have any friends who <laughs> let me have it don't have any friends who play titanicus, titanicus. i'm sure that we which can... is a very high possibility yeah um, um i don't have any friends that play titanicus for example that's, that's <laughs> a little bit harsh very ah, cut me deep i was i was joking <laughs> don't you worry um but yeah no i mean obviously it's if you can find a team i think if, if i was entering it i'd want to get two of my mates and and theme my team somehow uh, and mm. and kind of come you know ready to kind of have that kind of camaraderie but even if you can't like the guys every everybody's turns up been has been great um and i'm sure you'll find some great people to play with uh, and split the ticket with um it's for the best team name yes no oh maybe we should maybe we yeah, should maybe have a like a little little prize a spot prize for um mm. best team name uh, i've been playing as well with changing the name of some of the um well, actually, it was after last time, right, um, when we had um, some of our kind of tertiary prizes. You know, you have the engine kills, um, best painted, um, and most sporting. And I picked up the trophy to give the most engine kills to, to the winner of that trophy. And I realized that on the front of it, it said best engine kills. And I was like, best the best engine kills. How do you how do you define the best engine Anything kills? with a bit of flair and style, Alex. Yeah. Fall, <laughs> maybe somebody falled into somebody or killed somebody. But anyway, yeah. it was supposed, like so after that I was like, no, I'm just I'm gonna name them something funky like Titan Slayer or something like that. We're gonna mix it up with the names, mm. I think, and um yeah, so we'd avoid any embarrassing faux pas where uh, the wrong trophies are ordered or um, they write the wrong thing on the trophy. Um, so yeah, that is in February next year. Do check that out. Tickets are up. Um, if you check out our Facebook page, you will find um, the event on our page. Um, tickets can be found through there. Please RSVP to the um, to the event. Rules pack is on there as well. I haven't really mentioned this. We're going to do two, uh, three 1750 games. Yes, back to the old 1750 because everyone's doing 1850 now. Um, so yeah. two two seventeen sorry three seventeen fifty on day one, and then in the past we've always found that the Sunday is a little bit more relaxed, have a little bit more time. So we thought let's mix it up, and on the second day we're going to do 
two games of 2,000 points. So it will be you know 1750s on the first day, 2,000 points on the se- on the second. Same Lee Joes, two lists, and mm. um, yeah, just kind of bring out the big guns for the the, the, the second day. Um, so it should be a lot Hell of fun. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. But now I've touted the uh, the stuff that you have to pay for. Let's talk free things that you can attend, shall we? Everyone, oh, yeah. li- everyone likes a freebie. Um, so when I've packed up my stand from the um, you know the autograph signing and the the handshaking and the the baby kissing at um, South Shields, uh, we've uh, uh, we're in negotiations at the moment to to organise a maximal meetup, um, which is hopefully going to be at warhammer world on the 19th of november um we are just waiting for confirmation back from warhammer world at the moment that's okay they don't have any events on on the day so i'm hoping that there's nothing Mm -hmm. kind of stopping us the idea is is it's it's going to be just a a general community meetup and we're also going to hopefully get hold of as many tables as we can and um and play a massive game of of at so we 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 thought about you know do we pair off and go play games? It's like the the idea is bringing the community all kind of together and playing some games together. So we thought we'll do a big game of AT. We we won't be doing like everybody has seventeen fifty or something. We'll probably like you know bring a thousand points, twelve hundred points of titans. We'll put them on a table and yeah. then we'll we'll play with them, sort of thing. One long line. Yeah, like the good old good old days back at back at GW when. Yeah. All the kids would just be along like the, oh, the long table in the middle of the store, and you'd have like. And you always had yeah. one kid as well who used to have the um like the armored company from um for Imperi- mm. for Imperial Guard, and like he'd just have like a row of like fu- like seven or eight tanks just in a big long line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to hate those the rich days. Kid. Oh yeah, I used to hate those days as well because yeah. I used to just set off my OCD a little bit because nobody mm-hmm. would bring anything legal. Yeah, they'd just bring no whatever they've got, rules. and mm-hmm. we'd say, "I'll just bring whatever you've got," and yeah. I'd be just sat there like eye twitching at like the guy who's brought a completely <laughs> illegal list. Yeah, it's, the I'm old so shop happy. faux par of it just being like, "Just roll the dice." What is that? Like a four? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you, fine. You, you win. <laughs> Never let them lose an intro game. That was the mantra, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're giving away their secrets now. We might get... Uh, Cease and desist. Hold off. We do, yeah. we do like those from time to time. <laughs> stop digging, bro. Yeah, stop digging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Um, so, yeah, that is the... Uh, especially when I'm, I'm trying to organise an event at their shop. Yeah, you're literally <laughs> talking about waiting for a reply from uh, at their head office like at their head office yeah they're just gonna they're just gonna tell you to f off mate that's, yeah, that's gonna yeah. be the response yeah no I'll, I'll stop with the the trade secrets now um but mm-hmm. yeah hopefully that is the plan we will release more details on our facebook page and also on our discord kind of closer to the time uh we have put together a survey on our discord as well we we obviously we would prefer it if people could rsvp to it and let us know that they're coming so we know how many people that we're going to do have on the day and so we can make sure that there's enough tables um prefer it if people don't just kind of rock up on the day because we don't want people to be disappointed as well so yeah you also get to go to warhammer world which is if you haven't been literally our mecca it's the pilgrimage it, it is it really is um and as like jokes aside it is actually really really sick yeah um yeah, and there's Bugman's as well, so we're going to get a table at Bugman's or something and have some lunch. Bugman's Bar, 
Um, and then if there's time in the end of the day, you can go around the um, they don't call it a museum, do they? What do they call it? The exhibition. Exhibition. Yeah, the exhibition. Yeah. I've always really liked the exhibition there because, mm. like, I feel like so... we need to ensure there is time to go yeah. around the exhibition because yeah. it is it is incredible. Yeah, it's there's so much nostalgia there as well. Like, you know, I mm. I started collecting early '90s, and you know, it's great kind of walking, especially the early part of it where they've got all the old miniatures. And it's like, oh, that's that diorama from that white dwarf that I used to have, and like seeing all the old miniatures and just thinking, oh, I, I remember, like the new white dwarfs for me don't have that kind of. I guess it's an age thing, right? Like back in the yeah. day, I used to pour over those books. I used to know every page. Like I think it was, it was white dwarf one. It must be like one nine two or something. I think it. It was the that has. Um, ultramarines on the front of it and it was when they released the ultramarine librarians um for mm. the first time and i remember i just read and read and read that book that magazine so many times and i've never never had the same with like the i mean to be honest my my latest edition of white dwarf turned up the other day i've unfortunately got to the point where i pay 15 pounds a quarter for this um on my subscription it comes through the door the first thing i do is Flick all the way through it to the back section. Just see, is there anything at all to do with AT today? No. And it usually gets <laughs> closed yeah. and put back under the table for a few weeks. Whenever they arrive, you always have the best intention of just sitting down. You're like, no, you know what? I'm going to make, make a coffee. I'm going to sit down, have a little read of it. Um, and it is literally just turn, it turns it into a picture book, really, doesn't it? It the, doesn't the, happen the, when the you've got bearing. kids. No. I've, I've got so many other things that I need to be reading as well. Like... Um, it's read that or it is kind of read the heresy um rule book and learn how to play that so we can eventually play a, a battle report that on the channel yeah. or something so yeah this yeah it's i i, I love white dwarf it's there's always going to be something about those early days for me though mm -hmm. um but yeah hopefully we'll see some of you there do let us know if you're intending to come um i will share the survey link publicly on our facebook page um i guess after this drops and we'll see if any more people who aren't on discord also want to to turn up um we kind of touched upon bat reps there um should we just let people know what's going on on that front because people have probably noticed that it's all been a a little bit quiet it has been very frustrating frustrating hasn't it yeah yeah um it's don't worry like the bat reps are still happening um mm -hmm. kind of as i alluded to earlier on i had um like a bit, bit of bad news in my personal life which meant that over the past sort of six weeks to two basically ever ever since after the tournament we had intended to um get the bat, the next bat reps recorded um we couldn't quite get our calendars to align and then this thing happened and it basically just meant that we couldn't do anything for about six weeks um we, we are planning on doing that again again it is a case of getting our calendars to align uh our, the podcasts are, are our meat and potatoes you know you guys know us for the podcasts we've been doing the podcast the longest we these this was our priority um so we wanted to make sure we were kept the um the podcast kind of um running and coming as often as we could 
Uh, it has meant, though, that the bat, bat reps, we won't be recording the next one probably until around about the 15th of October. So you, you, there won't be any new bat reps until probably towards the end of October. I hope people mm-hmm. understand that. It's not for want of doing it. Um, it was, unfortunately, life has a way of kind of kicking you in the nuts um, every now and again. And that was something which had to slide um, for a while until we could kind of get back together and and sort it out mm, absolutely and you know that um obviously we absolutely love doing them um but they are 12 hour yeah 12 hour days. days um you know if, if we're recording two uh, and, and then and we're gonna let you out of the goblin cave aren't we <laughs> oh yeah i will be uh <laughs> yeah i'll be i'll be coming on to play um and yeah, we will see how that goes. Well, you've still I... got a few weeks to re- to actually read and learn the rules. Yeah, so that is very rude, but <laughs> possibly quite true. <laughs> um, we'll have we'll have some practice games or uh, yeah. enjoyment or something. Yeah, that sounds like a good um, plan. And and it will be featuring at least one of them will be featuring the Legio that we're going to be talking about today. Hopefully both, but probably just one <laughs> i need to I, I should probably find a way that if i can get in a um maybe we do i don't really want to because it's the worst possible pairing but um vulpa versus audax would at least allow me to show off the direwolf as well because mm. we still haven't had a bat rap with the direwolf and i could uh bring in the um big boy iconoclast no thanks as well no no, no yeah yeah and it's stepping on a warhound and it's pose <laughs> as well and i haven't painted the warhound yet so I'm going to paint it into Audax, and that means you have to you have to play it. Thank you. I mean, that is You're two welcome. traitor legios. Although I suppose I could use them as loyalists. Well, I mean, you know, Vulper happily fight. Yeah, anyone. they don't care, do they? They, <laughs> they don't care. Indiscriminate. Corn does not care from whence the blood flow. Yeah, friend. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess on the subject of traitor legios, um, I know a lot of people as well have been asking. You know, can we do a traitor legions, legions ranked um, episode similar to um, like we did the loyalist one last year? A um, little bit of good news. I'm not sure when it's coming. Hopefully, the next episode it might be, depending again on how schedules uh, rank up, uh, line up. But we are hoping to bring you that episode. I have managed to persuade um, Ben of Maximal Fire Heritage um, to cast his eyes and kind of give us give us his opinions on that so i'm hoping that we might be able to persuade ben to come on for an episode and kind of like talk us through um yeah the traitor legios ranked um i wanted to involve ben in this um i know he's he, he was he's been out of at for a little while but i wanted to make sure that he was involved because he was so integral to the creation of the first one that i also mm. wanted to make sure that the the traitor legios had the same lens that we were kind of looking through those um those legios with so there would yeah. be no disparity between kind of like the considerations that we made for loyalists compared to um to traitors so do bear with us on that one i know it's something that a lot of you want we want to do it as well hopefully it'll be coming not too far in the future we shall see oh yeah and Volpa will be at the uh, the top of the uh, ranking list. Yeah, sure. As it should be. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
We'll see how the how the batter up goes, yeah? Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, but that's not good. I mean, I'm a terrible Titanicus player, so that's really not going to be any kind of indication as to whether or not it's any good. Um, what have you been doing hobby-wise, anyway, over the last... Oh, that's a real personal question, Alex. Um, so nothing. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I've been... Yeah, it's been hard, right? It's just... I think both of our lives at the moment are just filled with busyness and the the inability to or the energy to hobby um that being said you know we've been doing uh, i've been doing a a couple of birthday presents for people um that's my trick that's good buy someone a model and paint it up for them um i get to enjoy painting the model and also it doubles up as the birthday birthday gift right it's a very good idea and so, it's, um, it's I, I did that for my brother's christmas present once mm. you know it's obviously took you know there was a lot of love poured mm. into that miniature and also they get something nice at the end of it i think that's it as well it is it is commissioned painting without worrying about someone paying you for it you know what i mean you, you get to you want to do more you want or, to do better or, you want to try or even new really worrying if they think it's shit or not because mm. it's a present yeah exactly yeah so even if Just it's the most it if you don't like it mate like <laughs> yeah if it's the most god awfully painted thing ever and you mm. you completely messed it up then um they can't mm. give it back because it's a present Mm. <laughs> that be um, rude. <laughs> yeah. Uh a little bit of Necromander. Um quite a lot of uh ten millimeter Warhammer Fantasy. A Warmaster. And, uh, uh, no, no, specifically playing um Warhammer Fantasy battles with ten mil. But models. but but not the Warmaster rule because uh, not that... the Warmaster rules, no. 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 Interesting. Uh, just a smaller version. Little project, one of my friends, um, and Titanicus wise, um, so the iconoclast, we're almost there. Um, until your boy dropped it, and the box containing every single ar armor panel, uh, Ooh. that was unstuck to the Titan, including the tiny little toe panels, which um, comically catapulted the box and its contents across. The hobby room. Oh no! Um, I thought I got all of it. Uh, walking down the stairs two days later, stepped on something hard, looked at it. It was the partly dog chewed um, armor panel of uh, I think it's like the top right shoulder or something for it. <laughs> Thankfully, um, we, we, have a, we have a yeah we have a chihuahua now, so the teeth are very small, um, and it actually looks pretty decent as battle damage so there you so, go uh, ladies and gentlemen there we go. if you want to weather your stuff give it to your <laughs> yeah. dog give it to give your it to small your dog. dog yeah don't sue us when it chokes on the pieces but <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's hope i find the rest of the pieces um, i'm assuming i've got all of them but um i might be hosing down some poos on the walk if, uh, <laughs> if there are any bits and <laughs> well i can totally appreciate uh, where you're coming from there because obviously my hobby um went a bit stale over the last couple mm. of months um but it was reinvigorated by the big bad boy the warbreaker um yeah you funk yeah i've uh i'll put you on the youtube channel don't okay. drop it no well that's gonna be my next thing started painting some of the armor panels and stuff um it is i reckon that there is as many armor panels in the um cathedral as the entire warmaster who is down here, um, if you're on the YouTube channel, and is about half the size of the Warbreaker. 
does make it it makes the war master look small mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm a little bit daunted by the amount of trim considering i paint trim in a ridiculous method which takes hours um but it was really good for getting me back into uh, the hobby um i did drop it well i dropped the the arm because i magnetized the arm yesterday um that was very nearly a very expensive mistake obviously if you are working with um 3d printed resin it can be quite brittle and yep. um <laughs> the i dropped i dropped it and there's like um let me see there's like little canisters on the sides like you see on most of the the weapons you know like on the plasmas there's like little canisters um like energy cells and one of the arms dropped off hit the ground and then there was just like rain falling of these canisters which had luckily very cleanly broke but just exploded in this room and as you can see i'm not the most tidy of people and i spent hours searching for these missing canisters i did find them all i did send an sos text to johnny saying can you bring me some of these i'm really sorry to ask um (laughs) But luckily, I did find them all. Um, so panic and crisis averted. It's all good. Um, but being uh, going up to this event in South Shields as well has kind of uh, has sort of forced me um, to kind of do some funky stuff um, again. Start painting again. Get some things. I'm taking my Graphonicus with me. The big boy's going to be Graphonicus. So that kind of again was like got me excited for Graphonicus again. So I'm doing little things like I'm currently finishing painting up some of my terminal plates um for my my titans these are the ones that you can get from um battle blink very very cool um i believe they do like a terminal set where you can get like i think it's five terminals and five nameplates to match um as part of their bundle packs so yeah it's been nice they, they've been sat there waiting for me to do something with them for probably the best part well i think i got them at beachhead so like over six months mm. um so it's good to kind of i i know i'm not painting heresy which is what we said we were going to do but at least i'm clearing we some other so lines. excited we were so excited when heresy was about to come out um and we've we've let ourselves down it's just a lot of models and i think both oh, of God, us so as well space marines we were starting from scratch as well so it wasn't like we could just jump straight in there's going to be a, mm. i think we were quite ambitious to think we'd have a um, a bat rep sorted in like the first month. I had a plan to do the bat rep like the weekend after a release and just bash them out in the week, yeah. which was ridiculous. Yeah, no, it definitely no. doesn't happen no, that way. It's not happening. Um, but we will do it. I really, I do want to do it. I really want to mm. do it. Um, so, um, obviously, talking a lot about the War Master, I think this is probably a, a great point to kind of pause our conversation here, Johnny, and um, and introduce. Chris uh, from Tabletop Standard, and we will just talk for the next segment of the show about the design process and the creation of the rules for the Warbreaker. So, um, yeah, here it is next. Take it away. So, now I am joined by Chris from Tabletop Standard. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, mate. I'm very well, thank you. I'm tired, but I'm good. You good? Yes, I'm not bad. Thank you very much. Um, so you're on here with a purpose tonight. Um, hopefully our listeners have kind of like tuned into your um, YouTube channel and they have seen a little sneak peek that you dropped earlier on 
it'll probably be last week by the time that this came out with the new rules for the Warbreaker. And um, you mentioned as part of that video that uh, there was a bit of a discussion to kind of be had around kind of why we did uh, what we did. So for those of you who don't know, uh, myself and Chris uh, were invited by BattleBling to design a rule set um, for their incredible uh, Warbreaker model, not an Imperator. Definitely not an Imperator from an IP perspective. It's completely different. Um, it's it's its own thing. Um, it's 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 a Warbreaker, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I have hinted at Imperatrix. Imperatrix, like it. Mm. Is that like the female version of it? I don't know my Latin very well. Empress. Yeah, Empress class. Oh, that'll work, yeah. Um... So yeah, um, they obviously had their twenty-four hour sale. Um, I know, speaking to Johnny, he was quite concerned about like it coming across as a bit of a money grab. But then it turns out that the amount of time that it takes Battlebling to actually physically print these things, they had to restrict um, the sales of the models because they didn't know how many they were going to sell. If they were only going to sell a few, or if they were going to sell a lot. And what they didn't want to do is overcommit. And obviously, in that end. They get themselves in a position where all, all they're doing is warbreakers, and they're not able to keep on top of their other stock. Um, so me and me and Chris were invited um, to help them out and and design a rule set essentially for this amazing model. A um, little bit shorter than I guess Games Workshop have uh, with their uh, play testing window. Would you say, Chris? Was it two weeks? I think we had maybe a little bit longer. I think it was the beginning of August, wasn't it? So yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think we had about a month, but but I mean, you've got to remember that 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 probably the first at least week to ten days of that was coming up with the ideas before any playtesting started. Yeah, what version were we on before I actually put it on the table? Quite high, wasn't it? Uh, Six. Was it seven? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so um so yeah, we we very much kind of approached this and if you disagree with any this is how I approached it from anyway, Chris. If you were like completely different to this, like no, I don't know, I'll just flying by the seat in my pants, then you know say. But but uh from my perspective, uh and I think I can say for both of us, we wanted um we wanted this to be something which was more than just a display model because it was two hundred and ninety five pounds it's an expensive model. I mean, of course, people pay more than that on Titans, right? Which don't do anything. Some people play with them, obviously, but a lot of people just buy them to have a nice thing in their display cabinet. But we wanted to bring this to the table and for it to actually see play. Kind of, I wouldn't say in like normal sized games, but like in what would be considered, I guess, normal large scale games rather than the truly massive games. Yeah, um, when you so originally when we pointed this thing, we we had it in our mind at around the sort of two thousand mark, and then it quickly came apparent that it might have been too much. So in the end, um, we decided that this would be good if we could fit it in minimum game size of around three thousand points. That way you can have a pickup game, if you like. You think most people are probably going to play Open Engine War. You're looking at four to five, you know, six turns. So you're looking at five turns on average, 
um, what can you do with this thing in a five turn game? Right, a four by four table is probably pushing it. Six by four is is better. So that was kind of the parameters of where we wanted this to sit, I guess. Yeah. Bigger games, narrative games, you can go bonkers. Um, but that that was kind of the starting point, I think. Yeah, and and three thousands. I mean, I was I played a three thousand point game down the club last night. Well, um, last week. So like it is kind of like that sort of normal, normal size large game. And and I totally agree. I mean, we because the the club's tables that we play at they only have six by fours. So we had to play on a six by four, but still have room for our terminals. I know you'd probably say pick up an app, right, and and use your app instead. But um, we like our terminals anyway. Um, but we played that 3000 point on just over a four foot wide board and it was a big no, no. And, um, and when you sort of look at the stats of what we've kind of put against this, this Titan, um, I think it quickly becomes obvious that a four foot table is just not big enough to really kind of get the most out of it. And also when you consider some of the ranges and short ranges involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would probably say we've gone on the softer side of what this thing should maybe be, um, but I don't think that's a bad place to start. Um, I think with this, I think there's certain things that I think it needs to be familiar. Uh, we could have gone way out and just created loads of rules out of left field and gone, wow, this is a wall breaker, it's crazy. Um, but I don't think that was a good idea. So we've gone for things that people find familiar, um, fitting into that five turns, pick up games. Um, and with that being, you know, that sort of five turn games, you don't want something on the table that you can't kill in five turns. If it doesn't die ever, it's going to be boring to play with and it's going to be boring to play against. So, um, hey, you know, no one's forcing anyone to use these rules. If you, if you want it to have... I think they're supposed to have 12 void shields, aren't they? Mm. If you want it to have 12 or 20 void shields and a reactor track as long as your arm, nothing's stopping you doing that. This is literally, if you just want to, you know, these these terminals are being uh, uh, made so you can print them off. So you can just grab a terminal, grab your wall breaker, play a game with your mates. And I think as well, I mean, like we kind of alluded to at the start, we had a very compressed time to kind of come up with the rule set for this, get some play testing in. And get it on the table. So, like you say, we did use some some familiar things. We used the the War Master essentially as a base for this thing, um, but we we approached it from the start very much with the idea of this being a kind of living rule set. Um, we weren't, and and we're not shackled, but like GWR with printing physical terminals and shipping them in boxes, um, and the points being written on it, for instance. Like we. We were approaching this from the point of view that the rule set will be available online. These are rules kind of that we thought was was fun to kind of get this thing started. And it may well be that, you know, when we play more games with it, when I mean I know you and I have talked about getting a big old game with two of these things on the table, um, you know, maybe maybe then more things will come up and the rules will kind of expand. And I think as well that we kind of have a little bit of time because there's not going to be many of these in the field quickly. Um, I know that um, it, it's going to take a few, a few probably a, a 
a month plus i think uh, probably maybe even longer than that for johnny to ship all of them because I, I know how many he sold and it's going to take them a while um so i think that by the time that people kind of have these in their hands they we, we may have tweaked the rule set again this is kind of like our starting jumping off point um and to your point we could have gone absolutely crazy with this thing um and and like you say it 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 needed to be playable and it needed to be fun for both sides um and we didn't want to kind of go in too heavy we would rather people think and say oh you know it's 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 a good fun time but it's a bit it's a bit cheap for what it does um or it's a bit underpowered from what it is then people kind of we, we essentially end up in a situation where we have an acastus problem again and people kind of rail against it, right? Yeah. Um, so, in the in the games I I played with it, um, it it died in all of them, but the very last one I, I let it die. Um, and when you look at various bits of lore and stuff, essentially, once you get past void shields, you're hitting metal. And Titans don't just have small arms. All Titans are carrying Titan-grade weaponry. If you if you watch Lutin's video on the Volcano Cannon, that's a standard Volcano Cannon that's on a Shadow Sword tank. You know, this stuff is designed to destroy. So, yeah, it, once the shields are down, it should take damage. Um, and, and then, you know, in, uh, in Moloch, I think, uh, an Imperator was taken down by house divine knights it kind of gets rochambeau yeah. doesn't he by the <laughs> yeah spoiler alert, sorry um but you... oh, yeah. <laughs> i'll yeah. put a big old spoiler thing in front of that yeah sorry about that but do, do you know what i mean it, it, engines die anyone that's you know there's a book called titan death and you know guess what happens you know that's all classes of titan once they go at each other they go down so it doesn't I... matter how big it is I don't think we need to worry about spoilers, actually, when you consider that Vengeful Spirit was released probably, like, plus five years ago, right? If you haven't read it by now, yeah, sorry, but like, it's it's not it's not new. It's not like it's a new um, book. I will, I will say that the best thing about this is the scale 15 with a large reactor, when it goes bang, it's brilliant. Hmm. <laughs> you know, um, in... So I mixed up my play test in between Loyalist and Traitor. And uh, when I played it to Loyalist, I took the stratagem where you um, increase your chances of going Nova. You roll a D6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the one to four. It's um, like magazine Mag death, death, isn't it? Yeah. And then like five or six, it's cat meltdown, whatever. And so, and so it's brilliant. So just looking at the, uh, obviously, I've got the PDF of the rules off the side. So it's got nine mm. reactor holes. So with your. Um, your meltdown is it d3 plus reactor holes in size yeah i think so. it's a 12 inch 12 inch blast at strength 15 yeah and then the mag debt is going to be the strength of the highest weapon which is 12 mm -hmm. so yeah it, like you say it needed to be brutal when this sort of thing happens but there is there is like the trade-off at the scale of 15 of course um you just have to see the model and yeah. it becomes obvious that you know, there's quite a few carapace weapons in there. There's a lot of carapace weapons, and I think that we we wanted to make sure that 
um, when we were designing the rules, we were keeping the um, the rules kind of feeling like they should be on the model. So, for instance, there doesn't there isn't much play left or right with the way that the models are uh, the model is designed. So we were like, well, it it it, it has a corridor arc then, and because of the um, the corridor arc and the fact that it's a carapace weapon, then we've got that 15 inches of scale um, where it can't shoot anything smaller than itself. And let's be honest, the only thing that's not smaller than itself is a another Warbreaker. Um, I'm very interested to see two of these just going at each other from like 10 inches away or something. But um, So yeah, there was... Um, you know, we, we it was what I really liked about this whole design process was we took those familiar elements. We did try to keep it um, kind of in theme, I guess, and it, to feel like an a, a existing Titans do. But we kind of souped it up to the max and we got to play around with um, essentially just come up with a couple of fun little ideas and, and new rules that would apply specifically uh, to this Titan. So. Should we talk about some of the the special rules um, hmm. that we've kind of given to it? So let's, it. Let, 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 let's start with like the grandmaster rule. So, I think I think the special rules really are where um, it kind of you, you look at the weapons and stuff. Like you say, they are more powerful than anything that's in the game, but they're not stupidly more powerful. They're like one or two points, you know, an extra dice or something here and there than a suzerain, for instance, as an example. But we wanted to give it loads of funky rules, which kind of reflected this what we thought was like the spirit of of the Titan, and what it represented on the tabletop, and for it to do more than just be a Titan that you use to shoot things until they die. All so the same, we didn't want too many rules. So you had like just reams and reams and reams of rules for like one engine. So it was finding that balance of having rules, but not too many rules. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I think the thing that we both thought from the beginning would was that, you know, you, you would obviously, well, for a start, like this this was actually put in towards the end where I think we decided that how, how we were going to class this as a Titan. We went for this super auxiliary Titan rule, um, which means you have to take a, a full maniple of at least five Titans to take it. Um but the, the Grand Master rule, I guess, goes quite nicely into this in that why would the princeps of one of the most potent god engines in the known universe be subservient to a a Reaver princeps or a Warhound? <laughs> yeah. So we, we came up with this idea of the Grand Master. Um, and essentially, it adds plus two to its... Um, order command checks so just like a normal princeps <clears throat> um but it also effectively counts as being like almost like a maniple in itself and it is able to take um its own princeps trait separate so you've still got your princeps within the maniple he still operates as he is but this guy is like the big cojone right he, he is the the gaffer and so it it made sense that he would have you know his own tricks to play. I mean, on Griffonicus, for instance, I'm really looking forward to uh, um, reckless mavericking uh, this guy and getting <laughs> a, sec a second activation. Um, 
But um, yeah, and 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 not only that, but we we wanted to, you know, it's an inspiring Titan. We wanted within that Grandmaster rule to kind of give it like a little bit of a buff, so like an an area of effect. Um, and and with that, you basically everybody gets to make plus one to command rolls within eight inches, and that's that's all command rolls, isn't it? It's not just orders. Yeah. So originally, this rule was called um, Man and Pull of One. Um, and then we we swapped it out for Grand Grandmaster just to make it a bit clearer, really. Um, so yeah, it just shows that it's the head honcho and it's perfectly capable of, if you like, looking after itself. But um, you know, let's let's admit it: all Titans need Titan support. So absolutely, <laughs> I, I I quite like with this as well when with the the plus one to command rolls, not just orders. I I, I like yeah, the kind of. The, yeah. sen- the sense of narrative that that gives as well, because you can kind of almost imagine, you know, within the Legio, you know, these all these venerable titans, and then there's there's this one, like the oldest of the old, the most potent of the potents, and the other machine spirits kind of around it being almost a little bit cowed mm. by by the presence of of this, you know, embodiment of the of the Omnisire. Um, and so behaving a little bit more, less likely to kind of go off on one. Yeah, depending on who you are. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's you know, it's a simple, it was a simple, simple thing to add, but I think it needed to be there. Yeah. Um, and then I, I mean, the the rest. I think the only other there was a couple which are kind of quite what we thought were like realistic, sensible things to add. So like we thought that you know this thing's bristling with guns. The Ardex defense guns needed a boost. They needed yeah, to be this was a real, more. real tricky one. Was it was it D6? Was it 3D3? Was it 2D6? Because when you look at it, it is bristling with with cannon. So it was kind of a suck it and see. So we at this time we've settled for 2D3. And um we'll take it from there. What would be interesting is when people get theirs, or even from now, if people just want to use um you know, a proxy and <clears throat> excuse me, stop actually playing with these rules and actually sending some feedback. That that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean something I, mean, I, I, I don't use our, I don't use our Dex defense guns anyway, do I? So I just I just forget. And then the one time that I remember I realise I'm running Bellator Magno and he doesn't have Ardex. So I just forget about it. Um but the um the other thing we looked at with this, you know, I I'm still keen depending on how it plays this might make a return but we talked about 360 degree ardex as well didn't we rather than just front and back and so there was kind yeah, of lots of things so we could do uh, yeah but now so uh, if you've been watching my rubbish i've been using a 200 mil round base and the reason for that is the 200 mil wide is pretty much for that, that corridor um but round bases are easy to buy um we've just got our hands on some 200 you can see it down there 200 by i think 155 or whatever they are ovals um and i'm i'm are these going to become available i don't want to i don't want to say this or no yeah i i i believe tarot from tarot model maker is is selling them um i don't know if they're going to be available to um battle bling basically because i know that they have a little bit of a relationship so um it may so, well be that they oval is much better. Um, I think with an oval, you, you can keep the Ardex to the front and rear because obviously the sides are that much smaller. Um, and and with the oval as well, you're likely to have you can have collision damage now when this thing has to turn. 
So um, now I've been I've been hammering the two hundred wide. Um, if you can get hold of those ovals, that will be the sweet spot. Absolutely, yeah. Or, or cut your own, I guess. I mean, I think with all the large titans, the ovals always were the preferred um design for us but like you say like yeah. no yeah, the only yeah. place i could find a place that did a 200 millimeter resin base but um it was based in america it was about 18 pounds just for the base and then when i came to actually buy it because i thought you yeah, know i'll just suck it up um yeah. they, they weren't available <laughs> so i paid i paid 90p for my round base and whatever postage was i i wanted it to be a set of rules for something that was easily accessible for yeah for everyone so but the 200 mil wide i'm definitely sticking with that yeah no i think that that's about right we looked at the 170 didn't we and it just basically it just clipped the edges of the feet it just wasn't big enough um but, but we'll, not with so much firepower on the roof it, yeah. it needs that width to be a threat you know that's that's quite a that's an eight inch corridor you've got to get out of to get out of that that firing arc which is and, quite a long way and of course with a um with an oval base as well your your actual fire arc is is slightly wider i believe yeah, wider, like yeah. um than than what you would get yeah. normally so um they made yeah, a lot of sense with that but um yeah if you if you've got a round or you're going for round then the rules will work it's fine yeah the the, the one of one of the big decisions well one of the big considerations for me as well as why i wanted it because i didn't want to lose the collision um damage potential from this thing it didn't make sense that something this big couldn't collide however totally. like that the, the, there is again we to reflect its mass we put in another rule um which in most cases is going to make it fairly sturdy and we were like this thing is massive it's going to shrug off most things right so we we created this rule called inexorable um and essentially that um, was a rule to prevent um forced movement so um it never it's quite slow as a titan isn't it three five so we didn't want it getting quaked to death and basically moving one and a half inches a turn or two and a half inches a turn so no penalties from difficult terrain or quake um we also figured that or thought that it shouldn't ever really take concussion and be moved by the concussion it should just be able to just weather this storm of um of um hits against it um and something i've actually been maybe you can clarify on this because this was a, a later add-on we said it, it's not affected by ursus clause i assume that's just the forced movement caused by ursus clause rather yeah, than the, the damage the, the spin the rotation yeah yeah, yeah it's it's the special rule of the ursus clause part of me was thinking oh maybe it should be affected if it's hit by four or five or three you know like multiples but i just thought it then you're starting to get rule on rule and it just becomes stacked and i just thought no just just no no ursus clause it's too big it can just pull the lines you actually imagine it taking a step and actually just dragging the warhounds hmm. <laughs> along with it so but i guess um, if you caused because the way ursus clause work though if you cause enough damage to the legs it would still collapse the titan essentially it just wouldn't you're just not pulling it around yeah so doing the damage but not that was it 90 degrees yeah he turned 90 <laughs> degrees in one direction or another. Now, it just spit a bit much yeah so. <clears throat> but <throat> there is still other opportunities that there is within the game that you can be forced let's just say to um to make a turn and with a with a round base that wasn't gonna it, no collision was gonna happen there but we with the oval 
that put that back in. So, for instance, if you are a corrupted um, Titan and you are t- forced to turn and charge at the nearest person, it's it's a un it's it's a forced turn maneuver. Um, so, sorry, no, 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 the one where you uh, maybe that's a bad example. When you die, let's let's go with the easy example, shall we? When you die. Um, if it's um, one of the ones which is you stagger around and then fall over, um, you have no choice in in the turn. You will turn, you will collide with something, and then you'll fall over because you you can't voluntarily take collision hits. But if you're forced to take a collision hit, um, the the example I was thinking of with the um, mutation with with the um, awakened entity was the one where you're forced to retreat. And you can you can actually kind of collide with somebody behind you, because um, it's like retreat three inches or I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. It's, it's the fearful um, awakened entity. Um, but yeah, so there's still options there, right? And when you do, you're going to take D6 strength fifteen hits, so you don't really want to be um, colliding. But it, it seemed right that it should impact the battlefield like that. Oval is gold standard. If we can get those out, then that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And then the yeah. last, the last special rule that we came up with was yeah. uh, um, the majority of the weapons that we came up with or, or, or we designed. Um, if you just have to look at the model, it's got the two arms, and then everything else is up top. Um, and we didn't want because of scale fifteen and carapace, it basically would negate all but two of its weapons, albeit very powerful weapons, um, for most of the game in a normal game, because most of the game happens between 12 and 20 inches, um, in my experience anyway. Um, and so we wanted to put in this rule, which is uh, it's called Mortar, um, and it's a weapon trait, which um, is applied to the Fissure Bombards. Is that the right one? Yeah. So all the weapon names were given to us. So when we, when we get to that, um that's where they came from so yeah uh, weapon traits the yeah mission bombards so they're like the two big cannons right in the middle of the main cathedral and um since it's a mortar basically they can elevate those guns and they can lob those shells up basically it just enables you to fire within your scale so now you've got your two arms and you've got these two five inch templates um, so if they hit, you know, that's two two hits per template. It's another four potential hits. Um, and then they've got like Quake and Barrage and all kinds of stuff. So Yeah, we, we, we kind of thought of these to be sort of like howitzers, mm. didn't we? The way that they, they would fire up and down. Um, so it should be able to kind of fire within you. Um, I know we talked about kind of applying negatives and stuff to that when you're doing it within scale. At the moment, we've kind of edged on the side of caution. We haven't applied anything there, but already got a negative one at short range which is 24 so right if you start going more then it then it becomes sort of non-existent then you start you're looking at those six six hit six to hit and it's just like so we'll see how it goes at minus one yeah so that those were the kind of like the the rules that we created i guess um at least the sort of special rules will come to a couple of other bits and pieces um we really wanted to kind of ramp up the survivability without going nuts so as a rule of thumb i think we added one pip um to both the plasma reactor the void shield did we and, and did we add an extra pip to the 
damage track, the normal yeah, damage so, tracks? So we worked off the War Master, and I know it is considerably smaller, but we've gone one more than a War Master on the plasma reactor and the void shield. And the reason for this is in, you know, you pick up games, you five turns, if it's not getting hot and it's not losing voids, it's going to be boring. So it's kind of in a safety space. You know, you can still stick this thing next to a void shield relay and re-roll all your void saves. There are ways of, you know, boosting this thing, like, like, any, like any engine. Um, the damage tracks, they're actually, on the main track, they're actually two longer. Um, I played games with it shorter and longer. And it's just felt, it just felt right. By, by the game I played, I hadn't changed anything from version sort of eight to nine, really. So once I got to that point, I was happy. And then it's got five points of critical damage. Again, we didn't want to just start picking up loads of stuff. Five points of critical damage. And the first point is just no effect. You've just made a great big hole. Um, so what it's doing, it's not affecting your wall breaker, but effects that um, rules that affect Titans with critical damage, that will come into play. So yeah, really, it was and, and a I, wing and a prayer. And I know from experience with the with playing the um, with the Warmaster, um, what you, you, the shields are the biggest defense because they are very hard to chew through, right? And it's got a great big reactor, just push, 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 push. But once you get past the um, the void shields, like they they can die quite quickly, um, especially if you get like you know four crits or something. All of a sudden, it just goes all the way up. Like you know, it's for, to really to to one shot this you really need to be doing what six crits to it yeah i mean in games it wasn't dying in the first two turns it was dying in the last turns of the game um and i'll, I'll tell you now things you know it came up against uh three uh extermagus warlords and they had a suzerain tower master in their list and it took um well it, it one-shotted one of the warlords it can do that um, and then the other two warlords and the suzerains is what brought it down. Um, that's a lot of power. That's you know that's also a war master's about a grand, isn't it? A grand for two. That's, you know, two thousand points to bring this thing in at fourteen seventy-five points with the arm weapon. So it just it you know over five turns, whatever it was. So that just felt right to me whilst playing the game. Yeah, and I mean, there's probably going to be a few people who kind of get a little bit concerned about one-shotting a, you know, a warlord. But that was all—that's all of its weapons, right? To take out one warlord, and you consider that this thing is the same price as three warlords. It's not going to do that every turn. It's also you've got to have some pretty lucky slash unlucky dice to do that. Um, and you know, you like I say, it's it's the best part of fifteen hundred points. You've only got five turns in the game. You should be able to take out a, a something of, of a warlord scale, certainly within one and a half turns, if not, you know, be able to one yes. shot. So a lot of the time as well, it was it would um, obviously it's hitting you with so many saves that it's either dropping the shields and then you're saving your plasma gun for last, and you're doing crits, or um, warlords were just getting pushed so hard or you know re-rolling those ones um they they were getting hot they were overheating so 
you know, if you're not taking them out by Titan death, you, <laughs> they're overloading themselves just not to die. So absolutely. Um, e- either way, it was it was you know actually like thoroughly enjoyed. Like, but essentially, what you're saying is that you know there was no good, there was no bad feels there. Everybody seemed to have a, a lot of good fun, and I don't really want to spend this time kind of talking over the stats and the points and all that kind of stuff because you've already done a great job of um of kind of going through that on your video you know and if people want to sort of see the sort of blow by blow of the weapons and of the um you know the um the structure points you know all of those other decisions you can you can check out chris's video on tabletop standard and there's there's literally that blow by blow accounts um i guess just before we kind of finished up today i just wanted to um again just just talk over some of the kind of the, the the other sort of funky rules and ideas that we came up with um rather than necessarily the weapons which are brutal right they you know the plasma is a suzerain taken to the max um with an optional blast which is amazing in my opinion yeah. um that was good fun yeah and then the what's I, I shouldn't call it the suzerain it's the war breaker uh plasma, plasma eclipse battery yeah and then the laser hitting a, hitting a banner of knights with two five inch strength 14 blasts was brilliant that's going to ruin anybody's day really isn't it let's be honest um and then like the laser plasma annihilator which is a a laser which has again just been up to the max um you know it's 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 basically a laser blaster without the without the negatives and with rending and strength 10 it's pretty good yeah i I was quite cautious not to be going at strength 15 16s on everything just again probably just dialed it down enough um and then yeah you'll just have to tell us what you think when you start playing games really well i mean i think strength 10 with rending means that if you roll that six you're getting a minimum of 17 which is critting anything in the game that makes sense to me um and like you say, I think you know we've seen it with the the suzerains on the the warmaster. You know you can very easily be rolling d tens with strength. What was it that I got it from? I got it up to is it strength eleven basic, isn't it? With maximal yeah. fire, then add in um, overcharged cannon as a strategy and get it up to strength fifteen. <laughs> and um, yeah, so you know there's other silly things in there, but uh, you know I think we've we've got the balance right on this. But the I just wanted to touch upon so the ancillary mm-hmm. reactors um and, and also like our, our little kind of bonus stratagem yeah there is um in my mind i am wondering should it have two ancillary slots or would that be too much i don't know is the answer so we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes but part of me is thinking oh should it have two it's so big but well i guess the another option is that there's always that special rule um section of, of a terminal perhaps we can you know something like warhorn could be something that you get all the time and then you get another thing but you again you only get it yeah. once per um yeah game. maybe maybe just make it a special rule um it was just to add something to the ancillary so you have rather than just having all the rules you you have to have a choice i think that was the main thing so yeah warhorn so it's one one go um give it a blast there's not enough warhorns in this game is there no so give it a blast and then all the units and the way i'm i think i'm going to play this is the ones that within 15 inches when it happens um so when the warmaster moves it it doesn't affect ones that that become in range it's the ones that within 15 inches when it sounds a horn 
have minus two to all command checks um, for the rest of the round. Uh, initially, this was everything on the table, all enemy units on the table, um, but we thought it was a bit much when we actually played it. So um, just dropped it into, into 15 inches, the scale. So is this a, a play at any time in the strategy phase, or would it be something you do in the stratagem phase? I suppose you'd want to do it before orders, right? Well, it's going to need an FAQ, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the way the strategy phase works is uh, it would be it would be um, when it's your activation, I think, because then you, you have that advantage of being first player to maybe get something off before the horn sound. And when it's your turn, give it a blast. So, so, so is that may, maybe play it, play at the beginning of the strategy phase, but you would play it when it's your activation. activation. Yeah, maybe that maybe. makes sense to me. Yeah. I think you know yeah. because you want maybe. it to. The whole point of this is to affect orders. Yeah. So what you you're looking at? I mean, the obvious use for this is if you've got sort of knights within your perimeter, and you want to sort of you know you know they're going to go for a charge want to try and reduce that that command role um yeah it's a, it's a defense isn't it against anything that's you know it doesn't have to be knights as it could be a reaver that gets that charge um so it's, it's a defense mechanism is it? Uh, to you know shake them up a bit yeah um and then i guess if they're, if they're first player then they'll well absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah um but yeah the, 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 just the last thing that i wanted to touch upon was we we, we really wanted to um you know you remember the old epic model right you know they had you know the uh, well in, in in the lore as well they had like entire um units of um, secutari there is a secutari stratagem isn't there so yeah uh, which would deploy from the feet and stuff and obviously the the model by danny van dyke also has the kind of doors in the feet so we wanted to kind of give it something like that and you know battle bling's all about hailing back to the 80s and like yeah, john john was really uh he messaged me and he he really wanted something with the with the legs so um this is where we're at um yeah titan guard infantry um i mean bear in mind that we will be using it on our channel for epic 30k so oh yeah, it's gonna have a dual oh yeah it's gonna have a dual role um that will that you know, which is great for us. You know, we can use it for AT, and we'll be at repping it in Epic as well. Fantastic. Uh, yes, yeah, so Titan Guard. So this is we again. This could have been something that could have just been a rule, but um, we opted for making it a stratagem because then that way you haven't got to have the models, um, and you don't always have to use it. So we thought it was the best way of incorporating the legs and the model, and then. The fact that it's optional, we haven't got to go. Oh, now I've got to get like six bands of infantry. You can you can play with your warbreaker without this rule. So that's why it's a stratagem. And this is pointing, and this is this is locked to um, the warbreaker. So you can't take the stratagem unless you have a warbreaker to deploy from. Yeah, this is only going to work on the warbreaker. So it's a, it's a it's an asset, but they are not deployed at the beginning of the game like assets in deployment. They are deployed inside. So they start the game inside your warbreaker. Uh, during the combat phase, these guys are released, and uh, you deploy them within was it three inches of the warbreaker. They have a two-inch coherency. It's six stands. Uh, we're recommending twenty-five mil rounds. I'll actually just put twenty-five mil, but twenty-five mil rounds. You can get them vanguard or whatever. Uh, they do great infantry as well. 
And they're basically um, a little unit. Um, they fire straight away, and they got these strength four heavy weapons. So they can they can uh, strip shields and do damage. Um, and then once they're deployed, they're an independent unit. So they will have a stats. Um, they should have a terminal coming as well, uh, just the same as a knight terminal. They'll work like knights, um, except they're scale zero. Got no armor, and uh, they're very easy to kill once they're out. Infantry. So I guess because these are scale zero, um, they can't hold objectives. No, I wouldn't. No, uh, no. Again, it's all these things that you just you know. Don't I, think about I just came time. up in my mind, but not yeah, most of the objective-based games are like total the number of the, the scale points within X of a. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. So that's not even without thinking about it, they're not going to affect it. So. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, another obvious kind of use for these guys is you see that you're about to get charged. There's a charge yeah. coming. And they, they do what they're supposed to do, right? You you would play it in the stratagem phase, they would deploy, and you would put them as a screen to prevent yes, the charge. These are, these are actually deployed in the combat phase. Oh, apologies. Right, okay. Yeah, so if you want to uh, block a charge. So, Baron, knights, um, titans can move over these units of knights can't um so if you want to block that charge you're gonna to have to get them out of the turn before gotcha okay yep well, i did it in the combat phase because um i wanted them to be able to literally deploy and then use their weapons rather than deploy die mm. <laughs> yeah and and not actually get to use them so uh it just felt better that they deploy in the combat phase they deploy they can fire their weapons to do some shield stripping or, or whatever, and and then then they're they're independent. And and I guess like when they do deploy, I mean, with there being six stands, it's kind of somewhere between the same firepower as an apocalypse missile launcher or a Vulcan megabolter without the special rules. Yeah, so it's one attack per stand. They you know it's a heavy weapons team in each stand. Um, strength four, so they are useful. Um, their weapon skill and ballistic skill. I think is slightly better than Titan Hunter Infantry, and I've done that because Titan Hunter Infantry come back every turn. Yeah, as well. Once these guys are dead, they're dead. So, yeah, um, it, it was just it's just something a bit fun. I have I have used them in the games. Um, I'm looking forward to actually making the stands to go with with the model. Um, you know, hobbyists hopefully will enjoy this part of it. Um, I, I have had a word with John as well at Battle Bling, right. and I've said like, you know, this would make a really good sort of second release or something. So I don't know if he's working <laughs> on any of that, but like, cool. um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? There might be some Battle Bling official um, Titan Guard infantry, but there's loads of right. options as well, isn't there? From people like Vanguard and do some excellent yeah. modeling news. Yeah, they do a really nice range of um, Mechanicumish style. Yeah. infantry so you know that's that's not a bad place to start absolutely chris it's been an absolute pleasure really appreciate you joining uh me tonight to kind of talk through this like i say if you want to have a look at more of the um the, you know the specific rule set do head over to tabletop standard um and check out the video um that he posted around the war the warbreaker rules um hopefully that's kind of given you i know there's a few people who kind of came back after that video kind of like questioning the thought process we this is why we wanted to do this and if you do have any more questions you know you can you can obviously hit me or chris up um in our respective youtube channels um if, if you're on the maximal fire discord i reside there pretty much permanently as well so you can ping us something on there 
Um, but it's these will become available again in the future. Um, I have it on fairly good authority. It might not be until after Christmas. Um, I know that there, this was never planned to be like a single release. There's just been a lot of um, there's a lot of logistics involved in this. So there's a lot of people asking, kind of like, oh, why don't you cast it, and all of this sort of questions. And you know, I know Johnny had to fill a lot of answers of, you know, why was it so expensive, blah 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 blah. Um, it actually turned out that casting it was going to be more expensive. Um, so in the volumes that they were obviously going to be selling in. And so the 3D printing was what they kind of knew. And although it's quite a labour of love to get all the parts out, it meant that he could keep the costs down to where it was. Um, but I think it's kind of proven to, to battle bling that uh, there is a market for these kind of 3D printed titans. So I'm hoping we might see a few additional maybe smaller scale ones and maybe you and i'll be having this conversation again with something else in the future yeah um i'm pretty sure as well the um so ours were prototypes the official ones are going to have <clears throat> excuse me 10 by 3 magnet slots in the arms good point forgot about that so um more arms more arms are coming so I've just got I've got one mil by uh ten mil uh, fifteen mil magnets on the top of that, but we didn't get any pre-drilled stuff. So you guys will, um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be doing some more weapon options again. I'd like to see a big ass flail or something like that. I don't know why, but I want a massive flamethrower. <laughs> something to make the firestorm trait good. That'd be good, wouldn't I it? Want a big, I want a bigger template. You mean like the the apocalypse uh, sized yes, um, yes. flamer that you 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 got for the when the infer when the war or, uh, warhound came out and it had the Definitely. yeah yeah that'd um, be cool. After doing the mortar roll, I really want some sort of like carapace launchers for reavers and stuff with the same same sort of rule. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I think we just have to sweet talk Johnny uh, Danny Van Dyke. I think. Yeah, we need to shout out Danny, don't we, for doing the the design and Absolutely. Uh, our shout out. Um, Howard as well, who's um, he's going to be the template guy. He's actually working on uh, a nice colour printout as well. So um, there's loads of people that are doing loads of work on all this stuff. Yeah, I think as well, big thank you to Battle Bling for providing us with um, yeah, this fantastic model. I'm really enjoying painting it. As you can see, I've not got very far at the moment, but uh, you can't see the mountain of trim. So just, just the cathedral, I think, has got as much trim as the entire... Warmaster Titan, and then you've got the legs and the body. Yeah, I'm massively intimidated by the whole thing. In fact, you, you've heard about how I do my trim, right? Seven, <sighs> seven stages of of highlighting and and shading. So I've seriously made a crutch for my own back, a rod for my own back, even. Like, yeah. Um, but he's going to be Graphonicus, so he's got to match that guy. I can't have him a different color, yeah, right? Mine's going Mortis. It's going to have to be a uh, a box art <laughs> matchup yeah, coming on at some point. Definitely, Chris. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on tonight. Pleasure as Thanks always. Um, I'll see you again soon. Cheers, buddy. You take care. So there you have it. Big thank you to Chris uh, from Tabletop Standard uh, for coming on the show. Um, it was really great to have him on, and um, you know he's been on on this podcast now a couple of times. It's always great um to meet up with him chat with him hang out with him um like the, us and them 
ever since we started like you know chris has, has done a lot to kind of support the channel which has been great helps that we're kind of location kind of neighbors as well so hopefully i will be going on the channel at some point to play with our war breaker titans when they're all done which would be sick um but yeah big thank you to chris um if you do have any questions about anything we discussed in that last section then um yeah do drop us um a, a comment in the comment section or, or ping us on discord or email us at maximalfire at gmail.com um of course at the time that we were recording this johnny hasn't seen any of this yet no. so uh, <laughs> so yeah just smile uh, and nod johnny smile and it nod. was it was really good alex how um, good was that amazing reporting yeah you, you know I'm bbc standard natural interviewer i think you'll agree <laughs> um right so we wanted obviously it's been a while since we've done a, a legio deep dive still quite a few of them to do quite a lot of traitors to do i'm gonna this this is kind of like the backhander that i agreed uh with johnny prior to him agreeing to come on this show that eventually we would do legio volper and then he'd be quiet for another few you months make it sound like such a such a bad thing it was it was a big old arm wrench you know like you had really twisted my arm behind my back and made me do something um but yes so the death stalkers um i have the book in front of me here we're going to do the usual format and we'll read through some of the rules and kind mm. of like give us our kind of thoughts and opinions of them um i think the thing about volper is if you are looking for a close combat legio then i think it's i think it's safe to say that these guys do close combat better than any any other legion in, in the game i think there's some close contenders um notable mentions i think to legio lania scara and um Griffonicus as well do close combat really really well but these that, guys <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but these these guys do combat very very well they the best. they hurt very hurt very hard they mm -hmm. uh, they hurt a lot when they hit you <laughs> um and yes um if you, if that is what really kind of gets you excited about playing a game is close combat you want the best close combat um lead you in the game vulper is is definitely going to be a contender for this so as we alluded to earlier on these guys are a little bit crazy oh yeah oh yeah they are as alex said the close combat legio um everything in their kit helps out in kind of close range you know there is when you play Volper, well, if you play Volper like I do, you don't play the shooting phase. Um, <laughs> you just bypass for, that entirely. You just bypass that phase. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't shot in Titanicus for a, for a good a good amount of time. Um, yeah, they're sick. They're, well, the, they're awesome. The combat phase for you is just another opportunity to keep punching. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. And the movement phase as well. What is this ballistic <laughs> skill thing that you're talking about? What is that all about? Well, we'll get to that, but they actually lose ballistic skill in certain <laughs> situations as well so it really reinforces the fact that you should not worry about shooting but they do not um, care either really about losing a bit of ballistic skill no they they do not need to care uh but yeah really cool legio the lore is awesome even before it, it's the classic night lord syndrome right even before the horus heresy started these guys were the bad guys they were you know had very questionable tactics. They came from a planet where they venerated this 
mega xenos well, i guess for them it wasn't a xenos but a, a mega beast that was like an apex hunter um their whole thing is like tracking and the thrill of the hunt and then the, the kind of coup de gras at the end uh, the kind of finishing blow um and so that skeletal cat-like creature you see on a lot of their their symbology that's that essentially um they're yeah really really awesome destined to turn traitor um you know the kind of the princeps senioris doesn't even know like the names or the faces of the moderati in their um in their titans with them they uh, uh if you read uh, titan death um basically sums up why they're you know assholes to put it lightly and and um, that is a really a great book uh for oh. kind of getting into the law and and they also that book as well also made me fall in love a little bit with solaria um mm-hmm. that that was my first real kind of like dipping in of the toe into solaria and there's there is a relationship there between those two legios and mm. you know the the kind of dark history that fulper had you know previously you know essentially kind of like quite close legios which were fractured apart by you know mm-hmm. one war sphere essentially where yeah i mean they they both both the legios had have like this hunting philosophy um solaria just are you know a lot more humane about it i guess um we'll get into a couple of the reasons why volpa are, are less humane when we get to their war gear section but um yeah these guys these guys are just awesome um anyone that knows me and has played against me i've, I've only really properly run volpa in any tournament i've been in um last tournament i did just run full melee and it did surprisingly well um so yeah don't you know don't let your dreams be dreams just whack on two chainsaws on your um <laughs> on your reavers and Why just have a really two? really good time <laughs> oh sorry yeah like like four um yeah <laughs> absolutely why stop it too just keep going keep yeah. adding arms but keep these like arms. in that vein like they are also a legio which lends itself very much to corrupt titans and they were mm-hmm. some of the first in law to they- be kind of turned to um you know the uh to the will of corn mm-hmm. and very much kind of like blood for the blood gods um even before they started corrupting their titans they'd very much given themselves over as a legio to you know the worship of corn um mm-hmm. and so there's there's so many corruption options available to you um which will make what is already a pretty devastating close combat legio mm. even more painful yeah, so, even before corruptions came out, yeah, they, they were, were good then. Nasty, and yeah. I mean, these corruptions really just—they, you know—they were made for Volpa. Um, and just as a quick add-on as well, if if you're someone that likes converting, <laughs> this, you know, the corruptions that you want to definitely whack on a lot of your titans get to be really, really cool mm. when it's Volpa um, as well. So that's always a always a bonus. So shall we have a read through the rules? Okay, so as always, they have a series of, well, they've got a little bit of everything. In total, I think they've got four here, which I think is less than some get, um, but is about Mm -hmm. the average. So they have one Legio trait, uh, one stratagem, and two pieces of war gear. So their their one Legio trait, this is the thing which is active all the time, is honor and blood. Uh, The Legio Vulper Val... I will start again. The Legio Vulper <laughs> value the honor of close quarters battle. Honor? 
is honor the right word for Legio Fulpa? Anyway, we're, we're uh, before into... before the heresy. <laughs> so they they, you know, they honor the uh, the close quarters battle where they can see the eyes of their foes, or in the case of, the ti- of Titan warfare, their armored heads, and feel the concussive force of their weapons smash into them. So if a Legio Vulpa Titan is within five inches of an enemy Titan, increase its weapon skill by one to a maximum of two plus, and decrease its ballistic skill by one to a minimum of six plus so i mean obviously that's leaning even more into the um uh you know the 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 close combat area there right i mean if you're packing a close combat weapon on a reaver you're probably already going to be hitting on on a two plus anyway so really this what we're kind of where we're seeing the benefit here is probably in um smash attacks i guess um Mm -hmm. for um because you'd be with a reaver then hitting on threes with a smash attack um anything that negates uh to hit modifiers as well yeah um warhounds would see a bit of play again with the smash attacks but also the warlords which i think if you've got an an atriot power claw if you're starting within five inches your, your weapon skills five plus you get plus two for the Atriox. So you're normally hitting on threes, which means it's a two up. Um, yeah. If you're starting within five inches, which is, you know, it's it's pretty good. But you don't, you're not going to get those um, that bonus on the charge if you are charging from distance. So you're only going to get that if you are. Um, oh no, actually, so it just says, no, you, yeah, just says if it's it's, with, it's when the attacks are resolved so it will be once the charge has, has been made yeah absolutely my mistake yeah, yeah no so if it is within five inches which is always going to be melee increase its mm-hmm. weapon skill uh by one uh to a maximum of two plus and decrease its ballistic skill by one to a minimum of six plus so it's sacrificing some of its um shooting ability for its combat ability let's be real if you're within five inches and you're shooting why yeah well i mean sometimes it's good even then right i mean you're probably going to pack if you were a reaver for instance you're probably going to pack a vulcan mega bolter on top at which point that minus one is negating your plus one for close range so you'd be on a net three plus to hit targeting you're still going to be hitting on a four plus with a targeted attack with a vulcan mega bolter so it's not terrible even with that um you probably just want to combo it with weapons like that rather than you know, low rate of fire weapons like the um, plasma. Um, what's it called? Not the plasma blaster. Blast gun. No, the plasma destruct. Um, oh. De- destructor. Oh my god. Oh wow. The two barrel one. The, yeah. Um, the, yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh uh, wait, are you talking talking about turbo? I'm not talking about pla- I'm talking about t- yes. Turbo I, laser. Turbo destructor. laser destructors is what yeah, I'm talking about. Uh, no, nothing what? plasma. Like oh god, gee me, it's too late. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- th- and this this is going to happen all the time. Whenever you're within close combat, you're going to be getting that plus one to hit. So your smash attacks are going to be hitting on three pluses for most for, for your reavers. Um, you know your your like I say your close combat weapons on a reaver aren't going to need it, but it means more hits going in from your smash attacks, and then everything else is going to be getting a bonus. Um, you know which might be the difference between a two plus or a three plus which doesn't sound like a lot but it makes a big difference when you're trying to get those those hits in so yes it's it's a really good trait it lends itself thoroughly into what it is designed to do as a legion 
Great trade. Oh, yeah. Um, so next up is the Legio specific stratagem. No pity for the vanquished. This is a one point stratagem. Killing fury is common to many Titan princeps. The thrill of a felled foe echoed by a raging machine spirit and feeding back through the MIU. Death stalkers princeps often give in to this battle madness, rise, riding the wave of exhilaration and letting their attacks become almost instinctive. So this stratagem may be purchased by any Legio Vulpa player. Play this stratagem when the Titan is when when an when an enemy Titan is destroyed, i.e., it makes a roll on the catastrophic damage table. The Titan who inflicted the killing attack may immediately make another attack with the same weapon system against a fresh target within 12 inches of the destroyed Titan. For all intents and purposes, this is a new attack requiring a new dice roll and and increases the Titan's reactor level, etc. So. If you charged somebody with this and you killed it, it doesn't allow you to charge again, like, say, Reckless Maverick does for Griffonicus. It would allow you to then basically choose another target and hit it. Now, with, yeah. that's not great normally for melee unless you can line yourself up to be hitting or rather have two targets within two inches of you when you charge. Mm-hmm. So if you were t fighting against a Fortis, for instance, where you know that those um, that they're going to want to stay in base-to-base -base contact, what you do here is you don't charge base-to-base, -base, you charge kind of between the two. Mm. Aim to kill the first one with that first hit, and then if you do, you can play this stratagem and you can make that exact same attack against um, the person next to you. Because otherwise, you're going to be using guns and they're not as mm -hmm. good with that. But it is only a one-point stratagem, so even if it meant that you know you were then trying to ping some shields off, I think for an extra round of shooting, it's it's not bad for a point. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a weird one. Um, I really wish... They're such a cool Legio, and I really wish that their kind of... At least one of their, their, their stratagem is, you know, something that will give... The melee maybe a bit of a, a buff or um yeah like a, a chain charge maybe not necessarily um you know letting you do a free charge but letting you do some movement of after killing an enemy titan in close combat to give you that bit of you know like a consolidation move or something yeah instead. like it's just like charging past like not stopping going nuts i feel like that kind of more encapsulates the yeah thing it is it's really awkward it, it is probably you know something if you were gonna do a bit more shooting with them um you know it's it's probably possibly worth picking up um i think there's a lot of really good stratagems including tertiary objectives that that one point could go to far better use with i think it also depends on the titans that you're taking i think if you're taking a warlord which has got on top like some um you know some gatling blasters and it's got like a plasma cannon or something um mm. oh it is the same weapon system though isn't it it is yeah that's that is the really big thing so it's it's, it's kind of even if you get to that perfect situation where you know you, you somehow do get to do a finishing blow with a shooting attack or um a melee attack the chances of a, another single attack or you know attack with that weapon you're probably not going to be netting too much from it. You'd have to be like in a really good position mm. to get, you know, a lot of damage out of the second. Have you ever taken it? Shot. No, 
Never, ever, ever, ever. I think it's very situational. The more I read yeah. it and the more I kind of dwell over it, you really need to be lining up those overlapping charges and you need to be in a situation where you can confidently say that that's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Unless, like I say, unless you're playing against something like a Fortis, maybe an Extergamus, something which is quite mm-hmm. static, it's going to be tricky to get that off. But at one point, it might be something that you might want to have, knowing that it might not get used. Um, mm-hmm. But to your point, there is other things that you could take instead. Um, yeah. Would I... How much is... Um, I, a... I don't doubt in the future uh, one of my games there'll be a point where if I had that, I, you know, I'll, I'll kick myself for not bringing that stratagem. But so far in all the games I've played, there has never been a situation where I would have benefited any more yeah. from it. I've been in situations where one of my fully melee reavers has been ganged up on by by two other reavers. But even then, it didn't need them. Well, I, doesn't need that stratagem. I, I've just had a, I've just opened up um, Titan Toolbox, um, which by the way is a very very good app if you want to um, use stratagems on your phone. I've used this for ages. It's really really good. Um, every single stratagem is in here for all. Uh, I believe all of the Legio ones are in here as well. Um, and I was just interested to see kind of like how much stuff was. And you know, one point is one point, but would I take it over last ditch effort? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you can control where you fall if you die. Would I take it over concealment barrage? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, and and with that as well, um, you can only pick a fresh target within 12 of the destroyed titan, right? Yeah. So anything mega shooty, it again, might not even happen. Know, yeah, might not even happen. Yeah, you might get that that situation may come up, and then you might not have a target. Mm. Yeah, it's. It's fine that it's not great because there's other things in this which are pretty yeah. pretty damn good. Um, so we'll we'll leave that one alone for now. Um, mm. If you have had play out of it and we've missed something really obvious, do, do let us know in the comments or, or drop us a note, right? Um, but Please let me know. Interesting <laughs> that you... I'd love yeah, to use it. Yeah. He's <laughs> desperate to learn how to play with his own Legio. Um, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so the next up is two uh, is the first of two um, specific war gears that they have. So this one is uh, Shikarian conduits or Shakira conduits. Shakira. Yeah, um, yeah. As I as I like to uh, to call these ones. Um, so the Legion Vulper possessed a well known tendency to favour close quarters combat. Do they? They haven't mentioned that anywhere else in the fluff. Um, to facilitate this, its titans would often make use of modified reactor fetters known as Shakira Shakira conduits. Um, oh, damn it. <laughs> that would drain and divert reserve power from weapons to enable faster movement. So any Legio Vulper titan with a scale of 7 or higher may take Shakira conduits, <laughs> Shikarian conduits for 20 mm-hmm. points. A titan with this upgrade increases its boosted speed by 2. It's boosted maneuver characteristic by one. If during a round the Titan with this upgrade declares power to locomotors or power to stabilizers at least once, then for the remainder of that round the Titan decreases the um, the dice value of all of its weapons without the melee trait by one to a minimum of one. And in addition, the Titan suffers a minus two penalty to its ballistic skill to a maximum of six plus. So that sounds like quite a hefty a penalty. Mm. Um, but twenty points is is a 
pretty decent kind of area to be paying for some war gear. It's not bad. It's not cheap, mm-hmm. but it's not terrible. Scale 7 or higher basically means, at the moment, Reavers Plus, so all the way up to Iconoclast. And that extra 2 inches movement is actually pretty damn good. Now, I was talking um, to a guy um, called uh, Mark Mallard um, at one of our previous... He's another one that just runs Volpe. I've not seen him run anything else. And I can't remember the exact numbers that he said, but he was saying that you can basically get an iconoclast like i think it's like 24 inches across the board in one turn so if you've got shikari and conduits let's let's take that as the example so you've got a boosted movement of 6 on a um on an iconoclast um this would make it 8 um if you then as well took um the warlust stratagem um, that basically allows you to add two to your command checks when attempting to issue the full stride order and adds two inches to its boosted movement speed. That means that you give it a full stride. So in the first... Um, uh, say you get that off, so you've you've got the Shakira and Conduits, which um, take it to, what did I say, eight. That takes it to ten. Um, you then pop your... Um, um allegiance ability forget the name of that one what's it called um unbridled hatred unbridled hatred that's the one which adds another two inches so Mm -hmm. you're at 12 inches at this point um you can only use the two inch uh, move once um from unbridled hatred but it adds plus one to all of your um melee attacks for the whole game i mean it wouldn't come into a factor if you were full striding but you would then get to move that 10 inches again in the full stride. So that in itself, without me even really thinking about it, and I'm pretty sure there's other ways that you can boost this even further, is 22 inches on a Iconoclast in one round. Throw in a, a warp and, displacement mm. as well. <laughs> you know, and you, you could yeah. be even further up the table. So it's... They yeah. are speedy. Yeah, I mean, on, you you put that on a on a reaver, you know, like a manic reaver, um, nine inch boosted, eleven inches with the Shakira conduits. Um, I I would take I have taken the war lost purely for the extra two inches of boosted speed. Um, so that goes from eleven to thirteen. That could potentially be a fifteen inch charge, with a two inch range. So you are effectively charging something within 17 inches um, just by a combination of stratagems, um, allegiance abilities, and um, and war gear. So it's it's definitely a surprise move, that. And, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, with all this stuff, you know, uh, like I mentioned last tournament, uh, I ran a, a melee warlord. <laughs> and it moved quick and people did not you just don't expect them because you're, you're so used to them ambling about in the corner of the board a couple of in- inches each direction and to have this thing like plow down the board with with two you know huge claws um really kind of throws people off and then you know it kind of adds the distraction can effects trope that you hear throughout all the tabletop games of do we shoot this big warlord that's plowing down the center of the table completely out of cover 
um, or the the pack of free reavers behind it that are beginning to spread out, you know. So, yeah, Sh- Shakira conduits <laughs> uh, were were at or a new addition uh, to Volpa um, with the traitor book, and a much yeah appreciated addition. Yeah, it's um, they're that one was of the, the few... biggest issue before was getting them into combat. Yeah, um, getting them close enough because it would turn into how many Volpa reavers can we shoot down before they make it to our side of the board um and now it's they make it to our side of the board on turn one oh crap (laughs) and 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 this was the point that i was just about to make like previously close combat warlords were a little bit pointless um you know they were cheap but there was historically never a reason why i would take a close combat warlord over putting a, a plasma cannon in that in that spot because effectively when you put an atriot power claw onto your warlord it's a weapon that may that well certainly for most legios and historically would spend two turns doing nothing so mm-hmm. instead of potentially you know adding its firepower and killing things in turn one and turn two it was it was a weapon which was waiting for a charge um and Volper, I think, are one of the f- one of the few legios which can convincingly make use of warlords with close combat weapons, and for, for, with a combination of all of these abilities, the plus one weapon skill for their legio trait, um, you know, means that those atrioc power claws are hitting on twos. Um, the Shakiran conduit, conduits as well, the extra two inches. If this, if you ran a Desolator Chainsword Iconoclast, maybe even two of them, like two two chainswords, that thing's got the four inch um, range. So again, you've got that if you've got that even bigger threat range around its front arc, it's still within four inches, which means it's within five inches for the for the honor and blood. So you're getting the bonus to hit there as well. So there's yeah. lots of like things like that which stack up well for um for Volpa to kind mm. of allow it to do melee really really well. Absolutely. Um yeah, they did the the thing we lost for the in- inclusion of um Shakira conduits wasn't really worth it anyway. Um they're called plasma gargoyles. Oh yeah. <laughs> Law-wise, yeah. really cool. Um basically goes back to the days part of the reason why they fell out with Legio Solaria is that they would vent their nuclear plasma reactors from their uh, from their titans uh, to essentially wipe out a city of civilians for the sake of it to to subjugate them even though they they already won um but in gameplay um it just it didn't really do anything it, would, uh, it was very defensive but knights wasn't it yeah. it was a very defensive thing like you say it only really bothered knights um mm. And it, yeah, it, it's it's a cool fluff thing, right? But mm-hmm. it needs to do what it's designed to do well first, I think. So yeah, I I, I really like Shikari and conduits. It's priced well. You're not going to put it on everything. You're probably going to put it on um, well, depending on how, if you're running like you do an all melee list, you're probably going to put it on everything. But you're yep. only going to put it on the ones that you want to get up um the field quickly, mm-hmm. um. And, you know, I mean, you can factor in corruptions as well with this. So, like, Unbridled Hatred is... Is that 15 points or is that 20? Yeah, points? that sounds about right. Um, um, free charge. Yes, yeah, so that gives you the free charge. Um, mm-hmm. It also... Um, 
adds one to the dice value of any weapons with a melee trait. So again, it's more hits, hitting better, free charge. Um, overwhelming Rage is a, is a little bit of a kind of no-brainer with that. Um, while we're talking about, uh, I know we've kind of gone off-piste a little bit um, <laughs> away from the, the the main rules, but the other one that I'd run with these is Organic Protrusions. Yep. Um, um, especially on Warhounds, makes Warhound melee combat actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um, combined with every other, you know, bonus that you get through through Revolver. Yeah. Um, so that that's the one which basically um, mm. changes its dice value to a set three rather than a d three, and also means that it has a short range of two instead of one. So it's the same distance as a a regular um, close combat attack which is really good and and all of those smash attacks and all of those bonuses do kind of go in quite nicely to the next piece of war gear that they've got albeit this is quite a pricey one this one isn't it i don't think this is something you're probably going to need to take on everything but maybe on a handful you might want to think about i i think anything that you plan to get into close combat um which should be most of your army should have it i think you should try and find really? the points so you, uh, you 100% would, you would go the full 55 points per titan to get both pieces of war gear 35 on. but but with the 20 oh. for the shakiri and conduits as well oh um yeah i i was if i was running low on points i'd rather get rid of the uh shakira conduits um, and take um a mutation that speeds up like yeah. a natural grace yeah yeah, disruption inhibitors. Yeah. Um yeah. I can, I can see I can see why you would do that. I think that this is probably quite my gut on this is it's it's very expensive. But like you say, yeah. This this is similar to mutations that it's going to make it's going to dial up what you do well to 11, but you're going to sacrifice on hulls. So you probably aren't going to be taking as many titans, but the titans that you're going to be taking are going to be putting in more that they're basically going to be punching above their weight literally um if you have an all melee titan with disruption emitters um you are one-shotting reavers if 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 it's a reaver you're you're one-shotting your same weight class and you've got a really damn good uh chance of doing the same to a warlord as well shall we tell them um, how it works yeah i'll give them my my yeah. sneaky insider Okay, this is how I managed to cheese a well, little well, bit through they, that they, tournament. They need to know what the actual rule. I need to read the rules okay. first. All right, let's all right. let's, let's, let's give the them rule. a taste of the rules first. So, disruption emitters. So, close combat was not the natural environment for many titans. To enhance its ability in such warfare, the Legio Vulper made modifications to their war machines, fixing disruption fields to armor plates and limbs to enhance the destructive potential of close encounters. Any Legio Vulper Titan may take Disruption Emitters for 35 points. A Titan with this upgrade adds 2 to the strength of all weapons with the melee trait. Oh, not not including smash attacks. Um, it is equipped with... Sorry, let me read that again. So it's, it, it adds 2 to the strength value of all weapons with the melee trait, not including smash attacks it is equipped with, and counts its scale as 2 higher when making smash attacks. So it is a, it is basically getting a plus 2 strength. Yeah. It's just it's getting it on the base rather than getting it on the um the dice roll, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you are talking about a close combat reaver with this yeah. 
with strength 10 um rending uh chainsaw uh, chain fists mm-hmm. um and um, you are talking about strength 10 smash attacks so yeah strength 10 smash attacks uh strength 10 chain fist attacks which you're getting a lot of attacks from it anyway um you then also have on top of that as well if you kind of really want to boost up a couple of mutations but really i mean this is enough right and and the idea is is you want to normally you don't really aim for the head because it's really really heavily armored um but in this case because you are starting at tens anyway or higher um you know if you pop the allegiance ability as well you get plus one to your strength i believe uh, for that round of combat um you you can just completely track track ahead because i think you're getting uh is it three attacks per chain fist three three attacks per chain fist if you do allegiance um if you did uh, if they're unbridled hatred they're getting an extra one which would make it four if you mm-hmm. also pop unbridled hatred it increases it by a further one which will make it five plus mm-hmm. your um charge if you're charging plus extra dice for charging so let's say a conser- let's say a conservative one which is mm-hmm. sixes hitting on twos at strength 10 to a free mm-hmm. location and that's that's just free per arm as well so you've got the other free for the not on the charge yeah. but certainly not on when... the charge no but yeah. but when you're in the the combat phase yeah um it is insane and you've got a very very good chance of, of tracking um ahead getting a, a ton of crits on a um, on a titan's head a reaver's head um and it works out really well you combine that um with the i believe one point tertiary stratagem um which rewards you i forget the name of it um i did have it written down somewhere uh, it rewards you for, uh, I think it's called decapitation or something like that. It, it literally rewards you for for cutting off the head of uh, enemy titan in close combat. Um, because it's a melee attack, you're not losing any weapon skill for targeting a location. So you're still hitting on twos against this head, so you're hitting most of them. Um, and we found out a lot, especially in the, the last two tournaments, that tertiary objectives really do make a difference on ladders as well in, in a so in that. a tournament setting yeah mm. huge yeah, yeah. Um. i mean we worked out that if just the basic one where you get up to five points for killing five titans um mm. over five games that's the equivalent the way that we point it you know because we we do victory points cumulative victory points it worked out as like mm. effectively a free maximum pointed um primary objective 30, 30 points mm-hmm. 25 yeah. points sorry not not maximum, but 20, nearly maximum, 25. Yeah, crazy. Uh, and then looking at the Atrioc Power Claw, right? That's strength 12 basic. So on a Warlord, it becomes strength 14 with strength 12 smash attacks. You know, we're talking strength 14 smash attacks on a, um, uh Iconoclast. Um, yeah. What's the Desolated Chainsword? Is that... Um, oh, God. Is that 11? Oh. Hold on, I'm, I'm having a look on Tide Terminal. Yeah. It is only 10. But that makes mm. it strength twelve. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, with a four-inch range with bypass and rending, so it's it's like a souped-up chain fist at that point. Mm. Um, go for the head. Just go for unless there's another location that's already damaged. Um, go for the head. Yeah, and you just one-shot them, and you've got a very very good chance of doing that with a with a entirely melee kitted out 
And um, even if they survive, they're going to be so knackered. Um, they're yeah. going to be taking negatives to you know their command check. They're probably going to be taking negatives to hit you back. You know, mm-hmm. it's they may even shut down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with the princeps wounded um, ability um, effect. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you 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 phase it like that. I guess you have to kind of consider this to almost be a vulper tax. Um like 35 points that you're going to take similar to like with corruptions you know you, mm. you you can't the points do stack up and you're going to have to be comfortable with the fact you're probably going to be running less titans than your opponents if you're taking all of this stuff but assuming you can get them into combat through various tricks what displacement being the obvious one right um then it should take care of more than what it's is its own points in in value very good. Um, so before we go on to the kind of um, the personal traits, obviously everything with this legio is is themed around is the close combat. I think it it is a bit of a one trick pony, right? If you can't get into close combat, then you will struggle. Um, the obvious matchup I've seen against these guys, where there's been a lot of pain inflicted is against anything with a lot of quake. So in particular, um Legiokritos with their Earthshaker missiles, because they don't with if they pop that stratagem, which they're gonna take if they they know they're playing Vulper, they don't even need to bypass your shields to quake you. And that means you're then half speed and that's gonna ruin your day. And it's gonna give them enough time to kind of get shot up essentially um and and negate that first round charge which is going to be really frustrating from your perspective as well as a vulpa player if your whole turn has been spent kind of getting ready for that and then all of a sudden like you find that you're not going to get where you want to Mm. yeah but it's not as much as i love them um especially going all melee it is not a um a viable uh you know you're not going to find it win every game um, you know there are there are some lists like that like you just explained that you will just suffer and there is no counterplay to it because you know if you can't get into an opponent's face then you're yeah. not you, you can't fight essentially and, and and even if you don't have a list like Volpa there are things that you can do to mitigate any close combat legio for instance scatterable mines makes that um, area of dangerous terrain so you know that well if you're gonna come at me then you're going to take some damage on the way through. Um, thermal mines as well, you know, do a move, damage to your legs, you know, little things like that which can potentially slow it down. Um, Earthshaker mines as well. I, I, I've, I've seen that kind of... I played against Oliver the other day. Um, no, Matt, sorry, our friend Matt the other day. And um, I took my Laniascara and he Earthshaker mined, mined me. It needed to go basically in any direction other than directly one side or the other for me to be taking damage or colliding with another titan i went straight to the right which actually made my charge so much easier and i was able to go charge off uh which i didn't <laughs> think i was going to be able to before but earthshaker mind as well moves things about you can cause collisions that kind of of stuff so th- there are stratagems that you can take to kind of mitigate it but really it would be um if it was me playing against them like if you can get some warhounds kind of in in their flanks shooting off weapons that is like another thing you can do because if you let these guys get in close combat with you it's going to be tricky 
to kind yeah. of come back from that. <laughs> yeah, that's they once they start they they don't stop. They whirlwind through enemy lines um like you wouldn't believe. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I saw which was quite interesting which I hadn't even considered before I saw it. Again, speaking to Mark Mallard, he, at the last tournament, took a Vulpa Direwolf. Mm. Oh, that was an awesome conversion. And the thing about that as well is, like, I was like, you are just mad, because you're not really making any use out of out of it. But that Stork Unseen ability, not Stork, I think it's just called Stork, actually, ability where you can basically set it up in your opponent's area basically means if you set it up so you can pick your target right then again distraction can't effects right turn one you've got something in close combat with you and it's deal with it or let it kind of just take care of the lightly armored stuff right like um warhounds or um uh what's it called reavers you know, the stuff which has got kind of that, that low armor. All the while, the rest of your force is kind of coming up the table. And he did that to um, to some great effect. And I think he was combining it. I think it was a neutron laser that he took as well. So he had that option as well that he could then try and shut down Titans as well. So yeah, really, really good use. Um, and something I'd never considered before for Vulpa. No, not at all. So let's look at the the rather mixed bag of personal traits. The personal traits aren't that great for Volper, which is a little bit sad, but we'll I'll, get for him quickly. I'll, I'll say this right from the start. If you're rolling, don't bother. Roll on the um, <laughs> D6 table and you, you might get something a bit better. Mm. Um, but if you can choose them, there's I think there's probably one in here which I would go for. Um, mm. One is incredibly situational. But anyway, Razor Tongue is the first one. The Princeps is skilled at delivering biting challenges and chilling threats, unnerving their opponent even before the first blow is struck. At the start of each round, the Princeps can choose an enemy Titan within 24 inches of its own Titan. For the duration of the round, that chosen Titan subtracts two from the result of any command check it makes. I think that's pretty good. It's every round. It's a command check. So every time, you know, if you pick something which is going to be pushing a lot for whatever reason, you know, then it's going to be rolling. Because you don't get a plus two normally for a... um, uh, a princeps, say for instance, when he's he's mm. rolling on the, um, what's it called, machine spirit. Yeah, it just uses its base. So a base for um, a reaver is four, which means that it's a six. So out of out of a d10, it's less than a fifty-fifty now. Uh, or no, mm. it is a fifty-fifty. Six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten. Yeah, it is a fifty-fifty. <laughs> um, which is is much better, and obviously it's. Um, if if you think somebody's going to charge you, put that on there. Um, mm-hmm. for that for that round. So, I think that one's I think that one's the good one. I think that that has got potential. If you're playing against somebody like is it Osadax that don't, never suffer penalties to a command. Yeah, yeah, no. it's not going to work. Um, so you need to kind of make sure that you're choosing the um mm-hmm. your, the right targets and the right legios. There's, no, there's no so much in the game that like either want to fail um, command checks or uh, have ways to mitigate the loss that you, you could occasionally find use for it. But I just think that the there are just better. I mean, if you, uh, if demonic traits, if you're playing against um, 
somebody who does take negatives to their command check. I mean, I would couple that probably with a Titan, which has got that upgrade, which um, puts another minus one to command checks for everything within, I think it's eight inches. Um, I forget the name of it off, off the top of my head, mm. but, you know, there's other things you could stack with it, and you could probably have that in mind if you're picking, you know, and build around it. But it's okay. Um, there's definitely better Princeps traits out there, but as it, it's not bad. Mm. Um, the second one, bloodied but unbroken. The more damage that the Princeps sustained, uh, sustains, the more driven they become, seeking to ensure that even should they fail, their enemies are sure to fall with them. For each point of critical damage the Princeps Titan has suffered, not including the critical damage inflicted on weapons, increase the strength of any weapons with the melee trait and their smash attacks by one to a maximum of three. Which sounds great, but you're probably not going to need it, right? Because you've got all these other things which increase your yeah. strength. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, and, and your you're basically is dead. So high. Yeah, it's anyway, like a last hurrah. But... Yeah, you're in a position here whereby you're going to die anyway, um, mm. and if you get another round of combat, that one time that you might get. However, I mean, if you take some early critical damage. And just critical hits. So, you, you know, you're not tracked. You're just taking a critical point. You know, and, and that damage has been spread over multiple locations by a uh, volcano cannon or something. Mm. You know, you're getting that plus three anyway, and you've still got a long way to go before you die. But again, it's it's yeah. very situational. It might never come up. And you might, even if it does come up, you might not live long enough to reap the benefit. Exactly. A, a, lot, of, a lot of the games you'll play as well, Per, you will probably hit the enemy gun line with some damage and often critical damage. You do so much strength, uh, high strength attacks anyway, but the extra one or two you're getting from it, sure, you know, is 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 great. Um, but then, you know, if you're doing well, it's not helping you, mm. you know, as, as much as it, as it could. You yeah. also got to hope that, you know, it's just on one Titan, you got to remember, see, this is... Specifically, this Titan has got to be damaged and critically, yeah. you know, yeah, you're not, not super, um, not super useful. No, I mean, again, I'd be rolling on the D6, I think here, you know, you're, you're plus one to a repair roll or your re-rollable dice in the combat phase or, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Um, dominant strategists, you know, there's three mm -hmm. of them there, which are instantly better. Swift killer as well. Um, less less so for these guys but if you've got a warlord for instance being able to turn and shoot with your carapace or something um is, is still going to be better um than that i think which might happen at some hmm. point may have an effect on the game might not uh the last one um i've taken this before um on on lania scarlet but um cruel the princeps has no pity for weaklings unworthy foes are swiftly crushed underfoot with little thought for honour or mercy. After all, what mercy does the boot give the ant? When making attacks against units of scale 5 or lower, increase the strength of hits by 2. Perfect if you're playing a knight household. Amazing if you're playing a, a, a knight household. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty crap if you're not. <laughs> no, very, very crap if you're not. Scale 5, like, come on. It's not even a warhound. So no. it's, it's only going to be knights. Mm. Um, you know, plus two strength against the Castus. That's good. You know, they've got super high strength, right? So that means mm. that you're 
Um, plasma blast guns are maximal or strength 12, which means that you're instantly killing one on a five up. Because mm. um, that's that's the... I think they've got 17 plus for an instant kill. So, yeah. You know, it's great against knights and great against knights households, but unfortunately not very good at all against the majority of people who you will play, which will be other titans. And not worth it if somebody is taking like a unit of knights again to sacrifice that over something else. Um, yeah, the only only kind of that's thing as well is it's with all weapons, um, which I think is cool. But you know, if you're meleeing knights <laughs> again with bulpers bonuses, yeah. do you really need plus two? You don't two? need it, do now, you? It's a different question if if your uh, princep has like. Uh, Mega Vulture Array, or um, you know, some kind of high high rate of fire, generally low damage weapon, because that plus two strength is is pretty big uh, mm. for something that fires a lot of shots. Yeah, so that's it, where I can maybe see it come into play. But yeah, unless you know you're going up against lots of knights, don't bother. So, so what manipuls would you take for Vulper? Oh, Corsair. See, when I was thinking of this one, the obvious one for me was like, oh, you take a Ferox. But actually, no, it is the, the, the kind of quote-unquote combat maniple, but mm -hmm. they don't really want Warhounds, do they? You, you want to be no. looking at Reavers, and like you say, the Corsair, five Reavers, manoeuvrability, able to kind of get into positions where you wouldn't necessarily expect them. I think that for a Reaver, that is, is really the kind of one that you want to go for. Reaver is the perfect combat frame. Or Titanicus, it's quick enough to get into combat and it can hit hard enough to actually make it be worth getting into combat. Um, you know, sure, Warlord is going to hit harder, um, but it's not going to get into combat quick enough unless you pull off some jank <laughs> and use, you know, a lot of your stratagems and a lot of your abilities like tailor towards jumping a Warlord up the board, you know. Yeah. It's just safer to go for a Corsair. Um, people also, um, the Ferox as well, the ability of swapping the ballistic skill with the weapon skill around uh, counteracts Not really Volpa's, as big a deal, is it? Volper's ability, because Volper lowers the ballistic skill <laughs> yeah. when you're within five inches. So actually, it, it, it completely nullifies, nullifies itself. Um, I think it is a May ability. Th that's, so. what, that's what I was just looking at, actually, yeah. Um... Um, but, you know, what you're getting from it, you're getting a Reaver, great, but you're getting two Warhounds as well, again. Yeah. Yeah. It is a May. I mean, that the, the Ferox is the perfect one for Griffonicus to take for close mm -hmm. combat, because they can do the the, the Titan swap, so you can take a five Reaver um, Ferox with Griffonicus, yeah. uh, which is what makes Griffonicus ones quite deadly, because that's, that's a really good combination to take for them. Um, I was trying to kind of come up with some sort of heavier maniples which you could take in some um, some warlords and some reavers and mm. kind of controversial um, but I was looking at the Fortis battle line so that's two two warlords three reavers and okay that the, one of their main abilities is they don't take damage if they're stationary and they haven't moved and they're base to base but they can share shields and they mm. don't have to be stationary for the shield sharing. So I was thinking, you know, that charge in with a, a warlord, 
Warlord and Areva paired, they can share shields on the way in, as long as they're staying in base to base. I believe that's how it works. Um, mm -hmm. And then that kind of helps them weather that initial kind of run-in. The only, I guess, the only problem there would be if you did pair them up like that, one is faster than the other by, yeah, by right. quite a bit. That's the issue, is is do you do you want to be walking Areva the same speed as a, a Warlord? Mm. Um, or, you know... Do you want to just be zipping from cover to cover, um, bouncing up the board? And another one which is a little bit controversial. I'm just trying to think mm. out of the box and just say some things <laughs> other than the usual ones, which we always do. Um, I was looking at Ruptura. Um, it means you would have, obviously, two Warbringers. You've got to take the two Warbringers. But they mm. they have the... Um, so if a Warbringer... So the, the base thing is once per turn, you can declare powers to locomotors on one Reaver for free. So that's good for getting things up really every, solid. Every, every turn. Mm -hmm. um, but then if the Warbringer Nemesis Titan did kill something, then uh, is it all? Yeah, each Reaver in the Maniple can then make a move as if it was the movement phase. So that could be three more sets of charges going off. Yeah. Um, but it is very, very dependent on actually getting a kill with, with the uh, Nemesis. Yeah, and here's the thing as well, is that if you're... If your nemesis is getting a kill, either the reaver is already close enough and has softened up the target, um, you know, or you've had enough firepower in your list yeah. to help the the nemesis get the kill. If you know what I mean. So yeah, I, I like it. I really do. I love the idea of just being able to surge reavers up the board. Um, yeah, I really like the idea of um, like a heavy warhound list. Just a swarm of warhounds with the um, uh, organic protrusions and just meleeing, oh, yeah. like headbutting with, with a, load of, a load of little ankle biters. Um, I think it would be hilarious. Actually, I think you'd be, I think you'd probably be surprised about how how well it actually would probably do. Well, if if you kind of went down that route, and another curveball one. Thinking thinking about that, I was just looking, um, mandatum. So that's one warlord and four mm. warhounds. So if you wanted to try and make the Vulpa warhound list work, so that the mandatum is as long as the warlord titan from the from this maniple is on the battlefield, warhound titans from this maniple add two to the result of any command checks made when issuing orders. So good for getting a charge off with them because they are normally command five. In addition, mm. Warhounds from this maniple add plus one to the hit rolls for any attacks made against units within 12 inches of the Warlord Titan. So it's another hit bonus, I guess, which for them, like we say, they're only using smash attacks. So they, if they're within five inches, they're getting the plus one. So on, um, is it a... F what do they have? Basic. Uh, is it four? Four plus? It is four plus, isn't it? Um, Warhounds, uh, yeah, weapon skills four plus. Yeah. So their legio trait makes it a three plus. Um, if it's within twelve inches of the warlord, it becomes a two plus. Mm. So two plus smash attacks to hit. Um, if you took the, if you, I don't know why you would, but if you spent thirty five points to make it a scale eight smash attack, and you couple that with <laughs> overwhelming rage to gain an additional um, uh, dice. And you couple it with organic protrusions to make it three, then you know it's it's four plus charge smash attacks on a two plus. 
mm. different way of thinking about it, but not the obvious choice. No, it's quite. I, I quite like it. I, I think I, I just want to see someone do a do a Warhound heavy Volpa list, but just gear them up for melee. Yeah, uh, I just someone you know, just go cheap as possible, load out like Vulcan Mega Bolters or Flamers, and well, just charge them. Well, of course, one of those you could swap out for a Die Wolf as well. Yeah. So you could take mm-hmm. um, three in a die. If you're trying to be serious, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we touched on corruptions um, already, but I think the standout ones are preternatural grace, overwhelming mm-hmm. rage, organic protrusions, mm-hmm. any of those kind of things. I think on some, it might be frozen soul might be worth taking on some, mm-hmm. um, if you are really, really pushing hot. Maybe war, maybe warhounds. If you are worried about kind of keeping your reactor cool, giving yeah. you those extra two dice um, for that, but probably not the the obvious one out of the those three anyway. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, corruptions are really hard because obviously you've got to take into account your command check. Yeah, uh, yeah, your negatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, um, which yeah can can stack quite quickly because there's a lot of very nice yep. mutations here absolutely um preternatural regeneration on the melee warlord of course <laughs> that's yeah. one who has tested that that's uh, an expensive one though isn't it i think expensive for... 50 points um but two additional repair dice yeah uh whenever you make a repair roll no nothing else you know affecting it whatsoever just you just get two additional dice basically like you have two extra crew yeah it keeps it alive a lot longer as it as it slowly chugs its way up the wall. Absolutely, yeah. And it, you might need that extra time just to keep your shields up or something. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the really, really big one. Um, yeah, that is. Um, I think speaking of the uh, leadership uh, command check lowering, there is a, a new bit of traitor war gear um, or a new-ish bit of traitor war gear which lets you pick on your... Um, Machine spirit, or I yes. guess it's not called machine spirit when it awakened <laughs> when entity. Yeah, awakened entity. That's it. Um, I think that is pretty important. If you are if you are running um, like a single all melee piece within your like mixed loadout uh, a Volpa list, like a normal sane person would, as opposed to doing all melee, um, you definitely want that on there. I'm just trying to find the name now, um, because some of these, some of these options, the which sing- you are very likely going to fail, will really, really ruin your plans. It's a singular purpose, isn't it? Singular um, purpose. That's and, the and one, it, and it's cheap as well. Fifteen points, and you basically mm-hmm. pick pick whatever you want, and you're, you're obviously going to be picking uh, the one which keeps you moving forward or does a charge, um, mm-hmm. whichever one that is. Um, is it wrathful? Um, uh, so you've got you've got blood hungry, which blood hungry. Le- uh, makes you move uh, towards the. F- uh, here, here's the thing, right? All of these are friend or foe, so yeah. you want to make sure that all your melee stuff is looking straight ahead, and there is nothing in the arcs, which also makes warhounds a bit awkward, um, yes. as well. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah. good, good, good point. Yeah, because you do have that risk with that with the negatives when you start piling on those corruptions. Very important. Mm-hmm. At least you got some control over um of how you do it that's why like i I very rarely issue orders and things um to to corrupted titans unless i've got like 
the bloodthirsty or or um overwhelming rage or something which is giving you that bonus to or freebie on on a charge order or something definitely yeah. does help absolutely yeah so 100% there you have it guys um that's our kind of hot take on on legio vulpa um really enjoyed that like you say it's it it is a a little bit of a one trick pony but it what it does is it does do that trick very very well um i was always unsure about combat when i first started delving into at always found it quite difficult to kind of get all of the dots lined up perfectly to kind of make the um you know to get the payoff uh, but when you get it and if you persevere with it it is one of the most satisfying elements oh, of yeah. uh, of at and no it like i played um, just very quickly i played a game with my iconoclast against um matt bramley um the other week and um with my iconoclast i think i managed to get off a 15 inch charge and it came down to millimeters I, I was in just in with fifteen mil fifteen um inches including the weapon range of the desolated chainsaw, the four inches of that. And I was just in and I just I I I'd done the maths. I was that meme of um you know, all of the calculations going off in my head. Brain man. Yeah. And um I got it. You know, I was spot on. It was so sad. I was like, yes, because not only did I, was I able to hit him, but I was getting this picking up a massive goldfish bowl of dice and throwing throwing it to and to take out this warhound it was it was really satisfying and it is a very satisfying element of the game and these guys do it probably better than than all of them i want us to do a lania scara um volpa off at some point um yeah. just sort of who is the best of the wrong yeah the best best of the um traitor combat legios mm-hmm. um and whether or not the the bullish trade, which allows you to make a free smash attack as well as a combat attack, offsets the lower strength of uh, that Vulpa have over them. Mm. But yeah, that that's it. Um, do let us know what you think. Um, if you maybe feel like we've missed anything, as always, let us know in the comments. Email us. Get on the Discord. Ping us. Always looking forward to kind of um, interact with the community and see what you think. Um, and that is it for today, I think. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. I think once again, we've gone over time um, when we factor in uh, the interview with um, uh, Chris as well. But um, do remember, please give us a like and subscribe. Um, do hit the old bell. Check out some of our other videos. Uh, check out some of our bat reps as well. Like I say, it's not we've not had a few out for a while yet, but that content is, is, is ramping up and hopefully we'll be able to um, get quite a few more of those out. Um, towards the end of this year and certainly into next year um get a few new faces on it as well maybe a few guests in to play some games with us um and do jump on the um on the discord and if you are around on the 19th of um november hopefully we've been approved by games workshop to do it but do know after this uh pod (laughs) you never know (laughs) it'd be it it would be great uh to see people up at warhammer world um if the date changes we'll make sure it's all over our socials and um and yeah i guess until next time it just leaves me with one more thing to say which johnny is probably going to try and ruin for me like he has done the last two podcasts so i'm going to call it out in the hope that he uh it does the the, the bigger man thing and decides that this year this week he's going to leave me with my sign off Johnny. I'm ready. You're ready. (laughs) So always remember, guys, thank you very much. And always go big, go loud.
and go Maximal. And go Maximal. <laughs>